Okay, ladies and gentlemen, six pack Lapidat and Paul Marinzan logging in a lot of hours with us. So. Uh, I, yeah, I should be coming a regular on. Those free this. coffees are paying off. Yep. You run out of coffee at home? Why are you here so often? I <laughs> wouldn't say that I like the company, but that's, that's yeah, that's clearly that's a not lie. It. It's clearly a lie, sir. So this morning, hit you up as soon as not only do we have uh, Bryce Krawcheck, Calgary Barbell, Phenom, great. Great guest to have. Yeah. Boom goes the fucking dynamite. When I check social media, and we have ourselves an ultimate douchebag caught on tape. Yep. There's a little bit of a buzz going around. The uh, a little bit. Oh, nice workplace. Yeah, right. Yes. A little bit of a buzz. So here's the story for anyone who's been living in a cave or under a rock and hasn't seen it. So apparently, BuzzFit in Montreal is a gym. Um, not quite like it, it's it's along the lines of a Planet Fitness. It's got some fucked up rules. Yeah, they like to consider themselves like a all inclusive gym. Yeah, a non intimidating. Which, if you guys are familiar with Planet Fitness, they say this. They say we are a non judgmental gym, judgment free zone. But if you lift there and you lift heavy, they've they made up a term for you called a lark or lurk or lark or whatever the fuck. I still uh, I've never heard about this until now that there was actually a term that they had, which sounds to me pretty fucking judgy. But and which that's that's kind of kind of sorta. Yeah, and uh, it's not a term of endearment. And then um, literally their average, so they're like non-judgmental, whatever. And their advertisement for Planet Fitness, not Buzz, but Planet Fitness, is them making fun of this big, huge, muscular walking walking through, yeah. talking about lifting weights. They're just making fun of people. Yeah. That's, their advertisement is making fun of people. Other gyms show in their advertisement, take a look at these, this equipment, all the space we have, all the facilities. Yeah. Their, their fucking advertisement is making fun of people, and they're like, we're the judgment-free zone. Come here if you don't want to be judged. Yeah, it's a little bit ironic. It's, it uh, doesn't make sense, It doesn't sense, make any man. sense whatsoever. It doesn't make sense. It literally is, and I was drawing the parallels, fucks with me for a minute because uh, this is what I like to do, but it's like the far lefts, or far right, but the far lefts who are so self-righteous, they'll show up at a guy who they perceive as right, like uh, Jordan Peterson, yell him down when he's talking so yeah. he can't speak, and say this is hate speech, he should be shut down and he can't talk. Thinking, it's like, do you realize you're so far left though, you're yeah. actually going around the circle and popping up over on the right, because that's something like, and they're saying, he's a Hitler. So no, 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 my friend, Hitler said people should be able to talk because if, if you're against what he's saying, you guys are too far to the one side. You don't even see it. So some people are so self-righteous. They're like, oh, fuck, I hate people who judge people. I hate people who make fun of people yeah. at the gym. Look at that fucking guy lifting heavy. Let's fucking make fun of him. Let's run ad campaigns making fun of them. Let's set and rules. You're not even allowed to be here, bro. And We're going to fucking chase you out of the gym. It's nothing else other than people being intimidated by other people. Like, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like, yeah. why would you have an athletic facility that's branded as a gym, a place where people should go to be healthy, yeah. and then limit what they can do? And literally, uh, like, they're like, so this whole, the whole culture of, like, if you do this, you sh you're not allowed to be here. We don't want your kind here. It's, it's like, when you start, so here's, here's what I'm saying. When you make rules like this, fucked up, stupid rules, people get weird, and you're going to have people who have an sense of entitlement. So when someone shows up, they have this, what are you doing here attitude. Yeah. You shouldn't be here. Yeah. And then they yeah. will feel comfortable confronting them. Being like, if you make up a term for this individual, 
Like, they're less than you, A. Like Neanderthals, if they do this. And we have a term for those type of people, don't we, here in this gym? So if staff isn't even around, fucking Joe Hero's gonna roll up on that guy and be like, yeah. hey, hey, Lark. Well, yeah, you, get, get, a, a, you get a completely different form of elitism. Yeah, it's It's fucking it crazy, make, man. It just doesn't make sense whatsoever. It, it's, uh, yeah, no, it doesn't. In terms of accepting, that's not how you do You don't accept all people and say, we're against... Um, you know, judgment and everything. It would be the same thing as like a gym putting a scale at the front entrance. I mean, like if you're over a certain weight or body fat percentage or whatever, yeah. we don't accept your kind here because we're a bodybuilding gym. Like, yeah, it would be the same thing. It would be the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can better fucking guarantee. Like, if they people would be in an outroar about it. But yeah, no, it's 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 only because they would say they're catering. And this is gonna get people riled, but catering to the weak. Yeah, but we're protecting the weak. Yeah, but it becomes so you bully the strong, and we're, when we say strong, we mean physically strong. You know, though, some guy could have major like anxieties and whatever, yeah. and he's like, "Hey, look at, sorry, I'm born big framed, and I'm a strong guy. I got a heart like gold. Smash weights. I'm saying I, not yeah. actually me. I'm a dick, but fucking. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> but uh, and, and uh, I'm not, I'm not very big, and I'm not very strong. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, but fucking, like you can have a guy just because he's big and strong doesn't make him that you should bully him. Yeah, but some people are like that. We're like, see that big, see that guy. And your first instinct, yeah. out of your own insecurity, you get aggressive towards him to prove that I'm not afraid yeah. of this guy. Well, and guess what? That guy isn't trying to prove shit. No, sort of live as, his life. As you said, sorry, like, he's sorry, he's big and strong. This could be a guy overcoming depression, overcoming anxiety, anxiety issues, like any sort of mental. Yeah, and that's his only outlet, and it's the only gym in the area. And he's trying to go do something he, he to not, better himself. He might not be trying to power lift or anything. Guess what? He could be a big, huge frame dude. Maybe used to be fat, started lifting weights. Hey, genetics turned this into some muscle. He hasn't. He doesn't want to be a powerlifter. He's just trying to get in shape. Yeah. Shows up at your gym. He is intimidated by powerlifters. He doesn't want to fuck around with that crowd. He's just looking to get by. And you're gonna see him walk through the doors and be like, "Uh huh, I know all about you, but you don't." Yeah. You just see a no, big you... guy who walks through the doors. But you tell yourself, "Nah, I know you. Yeah. You're the guy who bullied me in high school. You know who you are." So then it's it's all it's all free it's all game. Yep. We can we can look at this guy differently, stare at him differently, call him names, make up terms for him, and heaven forbid he's like, hey, I'm pretty good at this one particular exercise. I'm 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 nice about it. Yep. But and I, I, I want to try. It could be the first thing he's ever been good at in his life. Like yes, he could be the type of person who's tried football, tried baseball, tried yeah. hockey, etc. Or and never what? found that one niche. Or guess what? Maybe he hasn't tried any of those because he, he doesn't even like fucking full contact shit. That could be even true. He's just a big gentle giant, but you're like, fuck this guy because he's big and I'm small and he looks like the guy who used to rough me up. He looks like the guy who yep. used to play football and be mean to me. Now it's my turn. We've, like when you're, you're in this environment, that this community that breeds that mentality, we're all together now and he's by himself. Yep. All of a sudden, right? In, what, in past history of humankind... When you start saying this person's not welcome and we make a special name for that person and we have all these attributes that we throw at this person, even though whether it fits or not, he looks like this. We call him that name. We tag him and label him. In history, we know how this all works. We've seen how this works out. Yeah. I mean, we're still seeing how this works out, the whole mob mentality, whether it's... Yeah. I mean... It kills me. Yeah. So anyways, to the storyline, um, BuzzFit in Montreal and holy shit, you guys got a bad rep now. They got some rules. Somebody posted. Now, this isn't straight from BuzzFit. Somebody said, this is some rules, BuzzFit in Montreal. You, you want to read them off to me? Okay. Yeah. 
So somebody, as Ryan's mentioned, somebody posted on this that in BuzzFit Montreal, deadlift is banned in all BuzzFit gyms because it's considered a too complex of a movement and it's also considered too noisy when people go heavy. And so, so too complex and too noisy so at a gym. Complex being, um, which is kind of baffling, it's, it's an exercise and you're an exercise facility. Keep it dumb, keep it down. No. Keep it dumb and stupid. That's the type of people we cater towards. That's great. You know, you're weak and you're stupid. Yeah. That's, 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 that's the type I of people that's your clientele. And again, I want to go back to the whole too complex of a movement. You are literally picking weight up off the floor yeah. and putting it back down. Yeah, this is a cleaning No, we're here. not this talking about Olympic lifting. We're yeah. not talking. It's, it's a fucking as simple as it gets. Yeah. And apparently, someone else said, and this isn't BuzzFit. These are other people telling us this. Um, and that should be stated. Fuck, yeah. I don't know what BuzzFit's rules are, but that's what somebody said. And um, uh, someone else had said the kid actually talked, and I said kid, he's a teenager, yeah. actually talked to somebody at the gym and said, hey, I like the deadlift. And they go, yeah, you know what, just throw some mats underneath there. Yeah, he was ordered to put mats underneath and he's yeah. got, you know, he's done his due diligence. And, and that's what they agreed upon was. Yeah. Now, so what happened, and we'll get to what happened here, the kid's in there training and we have the video posted. Put on the sound. Listen to it. You barely hear a fuck. He's not grunting. He's not, he's not no. dropping the weights. He, he's doing like fucking, he's lowering weights onto a mat. And, and, and it's not like some crazy weight. And he's a fucking kid, a teenage kid. So he's working out minding his business. It should be noted, he's literally got straps on. He's stretching his also be noticed that he is literally in an area where there is nobody else around. There's yeah. almost a cage separating him from everywhere else. Because he's a fucking animal. Well, I mean, the guy's, the guy's deadlifting, clearly. Yeah, he's an animal. He's a goddamn animal. So he's strapped. He's using straps. Um, so he's strapped his barbell. So he's working, and you can barely hear a fucking thing. And um, I guarantee you a machine would be louder. Yeah. So then some guy, some hero, grown-ass man in his 20s or 30s, comes marching around from far. Yeah. Marching around the corner up to him and... Okay, how long is a set? The longest and wrap is maybe 25 seconds. Doesn't wait for the kid to even finish. No. Puts like his it's... foot on the barbell and slams it down to the ground while the kid is strapped to the barbell and he gets jolted down. Kid comes up and, and, and he's like, what the shit? And the guy's like, out. Out. Like he's that, a fuck. I was going to say, that was the part that blows my mind. The fact that he's talking to the guy like he's an employee or owner of the gym. Not only that, okay, so he's talking like he's an employee. And like the kid's a fucking dog. Yeah. No explanation needed. No, no. He, he didn't have to yeah. explain himself and talk to him like a human being. He just had to say out and point out, being like, that's it. I told you out. And he's repeating himself. And the kid obviously is like, what the shit? And he, he instead of be, explaining again, explaining himself, he, no, no, the kid's a fucking dog. The kid's an animal. So he yeah. just raised his voice, settled up with him, like sat, squared off with him, like, it like leave or yeah. get get physical and then put fucking hands on the kid. Well, yeah, pushed, again, like he's he pushing the kid into a wall. Like again, yeah. this is a grown man in his thirties. Throws him into a fucking wall. The into the points wall. to the points to the door and says out. And when the kid doesn't, without having to explain, if the kid doesn't leave, then I'll put fucking hands on you. I'll throw you out. Yeah. He's literally that's how you treat a dog. And this is and what I'm trying to say is, if you got a fucking gym, one of these Planet Fitness type bullshit gyms, this is the environment you can make. When people are like, well, he's a fucking lurk, though. Yeah, I dealt with him like you deal with lurks, right? That's exactly you know what, what happens. Like, you it, get this sort of environment. You get this type of, well, who gives a shit attitude. So I can throw this kid around and yell at him. He's less than me. Oh, it's infuriating. So some of the comments we got. People are absolutely, uh, hang on one second. I just noticed you didn't like that video yet. Let me, boop. 
Ooh, let me like that. That's, for you. that's my bad. Wrong account here. It's <laughs> the problem with having three accounts. Nobody. Uh... Yeah. yeah. Well, you got one for the gays. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a lot of big picks, a lot of us. I mean, that's yes. my Snapchat, actually. Right. Wow. But uh, so let's take a look at the. Uh... Uh, well, we're not going to listen to the other guy, King of Lifts. Nobody wants to read that comment. <laughs> that's Randy. Fucking, fucking Randy. But uh, there's some people who are absolutely losing their fucking mind. Some people, like, so I was like, what would you do if you saw this? And people are commenting like, I wish a motherfucker would. I have <laughs> I to say, my, my favorite comment in terms of, re not revenge, but the way to deal with it, yeah. was, and I'm not going to scroll through it because there's hundreds of comments on this, but was some guy coming up with the idea of getting, you know, 10 of his buddies in there. And yeah. just everyone going to town on deadlifts just around this guy, just dropping the shit out of these things. Some Putting people, them down as hard as they can. I think he described it as an orchestra of weights. And then, Which uh, to me would just be so, just absolutely <laughs> beautiful. Be, uh, Somebody posted, I thought Canadians were more polite than this. Well, you might be right. Let's round up some pipe-hitting mofos and sort it out. Dude saying, if he had done that to me, or missing the fact... That it was a child who got jumped by that wanker. Get 10 large lifters to sign up for a day pass and bang out an orchestra of deads for 30 minutes. Well, there you go. That's, that's, I mean, and he also gets points for using the term wanker. Correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hats off to you, sir. Yeah. Uh, listen, I just saw this video last night. I've been pissed ever since. The teenager handled himself very well. I don't think I would have been able to walk away like that. And the teenager did handle himself. He handled Although the himself. Guy, Although the guy was, like, going to throw down on the fucking guy. But still, the teenager handled himself like an adult. He's the one who was trying yeah. to talk. Yeah. He's like, listen, man, you're yelling, and all you're saying is out, and you're yelling and putting hands on me, and I'm like, hey, what, what, what the shit? Um, the pathetic excuse for a human being that kicked the bar out of his hands needs to go to jail. You can't just walk around assaulting people for lifting weights loudly in the gym. And he wasn't even lifting loudly. But even if he was lifting loudly, it's true. Yeah, still. And, uh, and good grief, he's wearing a stringer and a belt just to walk around in the gym. True enough. That's also a very good point. We all know he's probably doing cheater curls in a squat rack because better boys like this douche don't do compound movements unless it's benched seven times a week. Shots fired, but I like it. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, people saying, yeah, this guy doesn't even work at that gym. He's just a member. Yeah. Well, and it's also been apparently noted that he's also been banned from that gym now. Yeah, well, I would fucking you would, hope so. You would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> listen, hey, listen, we talked to him. Yeah. We talked to him. It's not going to happen he's again. He's on probation. It's not going to happen again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not enough. And Who? when I say he was banned from the gym, I mean the kid that was doing deadlifts because you can't deadlift there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they banned the kid and they thought, there, we took, I know the outrage, we banned the kid. Can yeah. you believe it? He's a fucking animal. He's a fucking animal. List, here, here's some more of them. Who makes these deads, who makes these dead ass commercial gyms with dumb rules like no deadlifting anyways? Would have told the guy to go and kick rocks from the moment he kicked the weight down, 100% slap. Who the hell does this? And then another guy, luckily he didn't rupture the kid's biceps when he kicked the bar down. No shit, no. Yeah. He's strapped to a fucking bar with top-end weight for the kid, and he fucking kicks it down on the ground. Like, he couldn't wait three seconds. Oh, he could have herniated a disc. He could yeah. Have, there's just so much that could have gone wrong in that situation that thankfully didn't. It's, it's funny, too. Someone said, he's wearing an animal, animal pack shirt, but doesn't like deadlifting. The fucking animal pack. Which is all about smashing weights. I was going to say, which is all about smashing weights, which also... 
are probably one of the supplement companies that actually made deadlifting what it is by sponsoring guys like Dan Green, Pete yeah. Rubish, the guys that brought the the animal cage to you become a thing. Funny. Like, <laughs> you know what's funny? The fucking guy assaulted one of Dan Rubich's clients. Yeah, he, that's true. And he's it wearing an animal pass t-shirt. The fucking kid is a is a Pete Rubich client, and you're like this fucking kid. Pete Rubich actually reposted that video. Yeah. Like, look what the fuck happened. And you're rocking one of those t-shirts, yeah. man. Take that t-shirt off, man. Jesus. Hell no. Who is this guy? Pretty god, he owns that gym. If not. He should be. He should get his membership revoked for sure. Rude as hell. I would have defended homeboy, and and this is a girl saying like, yeah, I would have stepped in and be like, hey, he, you're not gonna put hands on a girl. At least yeah. I fucking hope. But this guy's putting hands I on mean, a kid. I mean, with a guy so, like that, you, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all, unfortunately. Be, and there's a whole lot of what an asshole. There's one in here. Uh, one second here. I think that cunt should get his fucking head staved in. For kicking a bar out of someone's hand while deadlifting, never mind the rest. Here's hoping he falls. He fails a heavy single on bench at some point. <laughs> okay, well, we're getting a little light. We're, we're a little that's, hot. We're, we're a little that's, hot heated. That's, yeah. I don't hope the guy should die, but uh, I mean, there's a cut hole in one second here. The fucker left himself wide open for a push. Watch carefully. Wide open. Both hands push. That's an invitation for a KO punch right to the jaw. I would have gone for it. <laughs> <laughs> I love some people. They are really analyzing this. Here's the thing, man. He he fucked with some kid that um, obviously like he's in his teens and he's just trying to get a workout in. You're like twice the yep. size and you're a man. But yeah, he's, he's not fucking with certain people. No. Let's say Pete Rubish was there. And we had Pete Rubish on the show. Pete Rubish fucks with a little MMA training and shit. Let's say there's Pete Rubish here. Yeah. You putting hands on him? No. Talking to him like he's, he's a not, dog? He's not even walking over. He's not even walking over, man. You come over, man. Can you sign my shirt? Yeah. Can you sign my chest? I mean, he obviously wouldn't because he has no idea who Pete Rubish is or Pete, probably any of the actual animal sponsored Pete athletes. Pete Rubish would be in the fucking shower and he'd be in there. Can I get you back for you, sir? <laughs> Can I get you back for you, sir? Are you good? You're good? You look a little tight. You need, you need to rub down? I mean, and let's face it. Pete probably can't reach his back, so it's... Yeah, fair enough. Well, I'm not saying I wouldn't say the same to Pete. I'm just saying yeah. this, guys. There's a couple. There's a couple guys. There's a dude in here that is a okay. This one. This, this gets a little dark. I'm six foot. Two, this is one of the comments on the video. I'm six foot two, three hundred and forty pounds, and I would have used all of that to fade every last bit of light in his eyes. And that's and then, that's the first. That's, that's the opener. Wait, so when I, this is almost waxing poetic too. I yes. the, the, the fury, but the waxing a little poetic. It almost was like I could picture the mountain saying that in Game of Thrones. So, you so know, if you had any sort of talking lines. You do that to someone, in my opinion, you deserve to be beat into a coma or at the very least knock the fuck out like the cuckold fuck boy you really are. I haven't called someone a cuckold fuck boy. Probably my life. I was gonna say I don't think I've ever called somebody a color. But that is boy. pretty degraded. Yeah. It continues. This guy is a bully picking on a teen. I would love to bully him and make him feel like the little maggot he is. Buzzfit Jim, and he tagged Buzzfit Jim. Do something about this, or the PR and fallout from this will surely ruin you. I gotta say that's very well written. It's dark. For uh, it's fucking dark. For a guy who you might not want to yeah. take his parking spot. You. He said, record first line. I would have used so six to three hundred and forty pounds, and I would have used all that to fade every last bit of light in his eyes. 
Holy shit! Woo-wee! Just a tad, just a tad upset. Yeah. Just a tad upset. Jeez, that's the guy you took his parking spot. You can't have to say sorry. <laughs> he's he's ready for murder. But look, people are crazy mad upset. This dude who who thought he was upset has no idea how upset he's made other people. Um, and uh, it's it's gone viral, man. Yeah, I got it's it's gone mainstream media as well. So the Montreal Gazette, which is the, the biggest over there in Montreal, already ran with the story. A bunch of other international places. This shit's blowing up on on uh, social media. The gym's taking all types of flack. Some people are saying six pack. Uh, they already started messaging me. I don't know if the gym should be taking this much flack. Well, here's the thing. I don't know the gym's rules. Let me say this. I don't know the gym's rules. But if it's true that you got rules like that, you, you set up cultures. You build cultures. Yeah. You got to watch yourself. You know, like when I post videos, I try to tell people, you can attack the lift, don't attack the person. You attack the person, don't delete your comment. You come back again, I'm going to I'm gonna have to drop the band hammer on you. As much as I can. Some of these fucking videos have like 300 comments. And uh, I'm not going to put my not job. Gonna <laughs> yeah. But um, there's culture, right? So you have to have certain kind of responsibility. When you start building certain cultures, this, this, the door swings open like that. Apparently the shit on the wall said accepting of everyone, blah, blah, blah. And apparently not, though. Apparently not, anyways. And really, this is the type of situation where maybe it's the first time it's happened. Maybe it's the first time you're dealing with this sort of acting out. Hopefully it's for, for the call. I hope it is. I hope it's something that they take very seriously. They yeah. react appropriately. They issue the right statements, and they, you know, they yeah. right I mean, this is if nothing else, this creates discussion that we need to talk yeah. about this. You know, maybe maybe using you know certain rules and and when you start putting in certain rules, some people start getting uppity. So even when you're not around, they think they're enforcing it, and they think well, that's the, yeah. that's not the rule of the gym. And you got to start, you know, you you, you got to be careful the culture you make. You know, especially in this day and age. So let's grab Bryce Krawcheck and let's see if he's still around. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we got Calgary Barbell himself, uh, Bryce, who has broken uh, IPF world records and deadlifts, um, a sumo master, very popular on YouTube, got a big following, a lot of instructionals, yep. uh, been to, Frank, what is it, like two to three world championships by now? Uh, yeah, two raw, one equipped. Two raw, one equipped. Um, yeah. Smashing uh, national records, world records. And um, and just recently, your hometown hosted the IPF World Championship, sir. Yeah. Which is pretty yeah, exciting. Yeah, pretty sweet. Yeah. And um, I just posted uh, a video, and I uh, just wanted to get your opinion on this. Everybody's all, like, up in arms and talking about it. Video's gone, gone viral. But ironically, the kid was deadlifting. And we got fucking Mr. Deadlift yeah, himself. Uh, yeah. say, we've got Canada's most prolific deadlift. Yeah, you're, you're the most prolific Canadian deadlifter we've ever had. Uh, broken open world records in the IPF with the deadlift. Um, it was pretty crazy. And this is what we're starting to... Like, some information's trickling in on this. Um, mm. But apparently this gym um, has rules that you're not allowed to deadlift. But then they told the kid, um, you know, you could deadlift, just throw mats underneath. And if when you right. listen, when you watch the video, if you listen to it, you don't hear anything. Like like it's like like a mach, a machine would be just as heavy as this kid. And he was told yeah. you're allowed to. And I say kid, he's a teenager, right? He's like a high school. Yeah, kid. he was a young guy, I think. And then some dude from way over, there's no way he hears this kid, marches over, and um and the kid is strapped to the bar, 
And and like the the longest set possible is gonna be like 10, 10 seconds. Well, it's can't a, wait. It's a minute long video, and it happens like twenty seconds into the video. Yes, yeah. he can't wait five more seconds for the kid to put the weight down. He's like, this is happening. Rude. No, slams yeah. his foot on the bar when the kid's strapped to it, uh, and talks to the kid like he's a dog, and basically says out, and he just keeps saying out and yelling, not explaining himself or nothing, just saying like yelling and pointing towards the door like out like he's an animal, and the kid's trying to talk. But the guy's not trying to talk at all. Fucking, it's like, you're not going to go when I say out like a dog should? Yep. Fucking puts hands on the kid and pushes the kid. And the kid's like, holy shit, this guy's going to start throwing down on me unless Mm -hmm. I just be the voice and walks off. And we post this. So there's some discussion points here. Um, A, like obviously the one guy is far out of line. No doubt about that. It would be shocking if someone's like, whoa. But... uh, Yeah, we're not not seeing anyone defending the guy. Yeah. It's so far. But... Um, so we're just kind of talking about how some places like, uh, like, um, what's a planet fitness. Planet fitness, yeah. Yeah. They have these weird rules where they talk, they say like, if you lift heavy, you're a lark. They made a term for you and a lark alarm goes off and they have terms for you and shit. And they say like, you're not allowed doing this. You're not allowed doing that. We're a judgment free zone. But if you do certain things, we make up derogatory terms for you and make fun of you, set off alarms, embarrass you. Their advertising isn't, um, their commercials aren't, take a look at our equipment. Their commercials are a dude who looks jacked to shit and they make him look stupid and saying, I lift things up and put them down. And they're like making fun of them. But yet they're judgment free, right? And uh, this is what we're kind of discussing is you can create an environment where you can get kind of, you're so self-righteous, get offensive towards people. I don't think BuzzFit in Montreal is at all cool with this dude doing that. No. No. I think, I think they've, they've stated that a number of times. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you know, there definitely is this, you can help create a groundswell of, of, of pushback to yeah. anyone who doesn't fit your mold. You know what I mean? If, if you start making mm. these rules and get a little extended with it. I feel like it's so easy for it to happen, especially in a gym environment. Like, it's just, you're breeding, it's easy to breed a certain type of person, I feel like. And you might find this yourself, Bryce, being a gym owner. Well, the best part is the fact that the dude is wearing an animal t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, yeah, the you look up to deadlift. So. Yeah. <laughs> dude, they sponsor Pete Rubish, like animal, or they, yeah. he's one of their guys. Yeah. That was fucking Pete Rubish's client. Pete Rubish, Dan Green. These yeah. guys aren't known for deadlifts at all. The irony is, what the shit, dude? But um, anyway, yeah. did you get a chance to see this video? What was your take on all this? I did, yeah. Like, obviously, the the dude was just, like, there, there's got to be something else behind that. That guy's got some anger issues or yeah. some stuff going on at home or something. Like, you know, most people don't just treat other human beings like that. So, obviously, that was a, a pretty big step over the line. But I think... At the same time, like that poor kid just needs to find another place to go live. Like, yeah, yeah. I would, I would never ever step foot back in there again, and and like you know, just kind of really remove yourself from that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's obviously unfortunate that like you guys said, you know, gyms like Planet Fitness and and, and like maybe Buzz Gym or whatever uh, foster that kind of like anti anti meathead, if you want to call it that, uh, environment. Um, I think it's also interesting to look at how there are probably powerlifting gyms that foster the exact opposite environment. Somebody comes in and doesn't lift enough, you know, they're ridiculed and looked at and that kind of stuff. And uh, it's it's just one of those things where I think it's important as a as a 
as a proprietor of a gym, and I actually I don't own the gym. Uh, I, I run my business out of a gym. I'm very close oh, to the owner, right. but I don't own it. Um, but I think it's really important to like very, be very hands on with the type of community that you try to create and the type of uh, attitude that you try to have in the gym and amongst the people uh, and that kind of stuff. So I think I think that's really where it all comes down to is like what kind of what kind of environment are you trying to create for people to train in and, and uh, you know, making sure that you do your best to obviously control and manage that uh, from, from the ground up, really. Yeah, it's like um, very rarely in, in history, human history, is exclusion and name-calling on those that you exclude work very well. If it's like people who fall into this, let's make a term for them. Let's yeah. couple them into a term and exclude them. And if someone comes in and you run across a person like that, well, we know who they yeah. are. But it's like, that's never really a good idea. No, policy, not at all. Policy for a business owner. You should probably like think like, let's do a lot of things that would encourage the type of market we want without mm. trying to get too overboard and be like, look it, man, if you're... You know, whatever, you're yeah. not allowed. Well, it would be like a powerlifting gym, somebody coming in to do CrossFit or something like that, and, you know, a powerlifter coming up and kicking somebody while they're doing a snatch or something like that. Like, it's... Get the fuck Yeah, out. like, it's... Was that a burpee? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like burpee? But there's also, like, joking around, because we yeah. have buddies, okay, so we powerlift, we have buddies who do CrossFit, and we yeah. bust chops, whatever, but it's different, because he's the same dude yeah. we're going to go crush beers with afterwards or whatever. Exactly. But it's hard to imagine, like, uh, are there powerlifting gyms where if you don't powerlift, you're not allowed? Not that I've ever uh, asked, or not that I've ever trained at. I don't think so. I think because most of the time, powerlifting gyms are, like, run out of the back of another gym, and it's like, you yeah. don't really have that. <laughs> yeah. You don't really, even if you wanted to be that guy, you don't really have that right... That's right. Um, not that anybody has that right. I think another thing that's that's interesting about that is that somebody told this guy at a gym where you're not allowed to deadlift, and that's part of their, you know, their uh, their rule set for whatever reason. Somebody told this guy like, "Oh yeah, you can deadlift." Yeah. And I think yeah. that's probably where it started to fall apart. It was like, if somebody would have just said like, "No man, you can't deadlift in here. It pisses people off. Like, just don't deadlift. Go find somewhere else to deadlift." It's like, yeah, that sucks, but. You know, you got to go find someone else to train. And then this whole thing's avoided as well, right? Yeah. So, I mean, also if you're going to have that culture of, like, deadlifts are stupid, people who deadlift are stupid, uh, etc., then you have to be, you have to, like, follow your own rules and, and tell people, no, you yeah. can't deadlift here. Exactly. Because some asshole is going to try to fight you. Yeah, especially some kid who's in high school, and he's like... Holy shit, we're his yeah. staff because they told me, they said throw some mats underneath. And if you listen to the sound, you can't hear this kid. It, it's probably some kid that was working the front desk that told him he could do that or something like that. Like, Or or the, the kid who was there at like whoever's working at the time yeah. could have been some other kid around that age or exactly. a few years older who's like, yeah. yeah, I'm not looking to bounce people. Yeah, This dude's probably going to throw down on me. It got a little hot and heated. Now this dude picked a 17-year-old kid to rough up. If it was Pete fucking Rubish in there smashing some deads around, he ain't saying shit. He's going to no, keep his opinion no, to himself. No, no. He's going to keep his opinion to himself. Or if he says anything, he's going to actually use his words. It won't be out yeah. and point yeah. to the door. He'd be like, hey, man, I don't know if you realize you probably aren't from around here. We're actually not allowed to deadlift. No big deal. You finish up, do your thing. We're just not allowed. <laughs> no. We're just not allowed to deadlift here. You probably didn't know. It's fine. And that's how he would approach it. 
He comes around the corner and there's a fucking kid there. He's like, he, walk, he walked into that area like it was a WWE entrance. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought I heard feet. He was like, fucking lightning or fire I was off. I was waiting for the pyrotechnics to start. That's right. Yeah, like he's coming out of the tunnel yeah. at WWE. Oh yeah, no, he was walking to a cage at UFC, whatever. Like he was gonna come around with a fucking chair on that kid. The next, <laughs> that kid strapped up for another set. He's taking a chair to his back. No, it's entertaining, and that is absolutely terrible PR for this gym. Yeah, and yeah. they are trying to. They released um, on Facebook. They're like, you know, we banned the guy, whatever. We're like, well, no shit, no shit. Yeah. And you, yeah. made, you, you made the that's, joke. That's a bare you, minimum. You made the joke. Paul's making the joke. Yeah, they probably banned the kid for deadlifting. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we took care of it. We got rid of this, that fucking this, animal. This will not happen again. We, that fucking kid got put in his place, and we will never see him again. We also fired the employee that said he could get left in the <laughs> That's right. Place. And that ties up that. Yeah. Woo. Everybody's happy. What a nightmare <laughs> that was. <laughs> That's right. No, that was a fucking nightmare, my friend. But, um, yeah, that would not happen at Calgary Barbell. No. No, that's <laughs> not. And you know what? I've gone to, I've gone to good life gyms, and I've pulled, like, 765... And, you know, the trainers there, they came up to me and I was like, yeah, this is probably going to, like, somebody's going to ask me to quiet down or whatever. And the trainers came up to me at this, like, commercial box gym and they were like, oh, hey, uh, you might be almost done, but there's a better bar over there if you want it. Uh, like, if you, if you need help with anything, just let me know. And then the other guy was, like, helping me on the plates at the end of my workout. And, oh, like, shit. I, I was super taken aback by that because I wouldn't think that, you know, that kind of, so I think it really comes down to the individuals, right? And obviously, it was that individual guy's choice to be a total dickhead about yeah. things. Yeah. Um, well, the funny and thing I is, think, like even even at commercial gyms, it's possible to go somewhere where they're like, "Oh man, like there's no Merlin on that bar. Do you want to do you want from the trainer area? You look like you know what you're doing, kind of thing." Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, it kind of goes both ways. It's unfortunate that a lot of times the uh, the negative ones get get way more publicity, right? One hundred percent. I mean, yeah, I've worked at a commercial gym, and oftentimes, you're not allowed to use chalk. Chalk gets all over the place. They, they don't like it. But I would, yeah. use, I would use chalk, but clean the fuck out of the bar anyways, put it back. Yeah. And yeah. then the guys who worked there were like, don't even give a shit because you always put it away. And then there would be a couple of guys who would use, see me using chalk and be like, oh, you can, you can use chalk. They don't <laughs> give a shit. So they use chalk, put the fucking bar away all chalked up. And, and yeah. I got like, hey, man. You got to clean it down, otherwise yeah, we're all... for everybody. Worry, <laughs> man. So yeah. what I did was, I kicked the fucking bar out of his hands next time I seen him use it. I learned my lesson. I said, clean it. Clean it, you yeah. son of a bitch. I put his fucking face down to the bar. I said, let it clean, you son of a bitch. And that's how Ryan and, and I met. And that's how we met. We met that since. I mean, I learned my lesson. So that's another way of approaching it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, I thought that was wild and we are getting absolutely lit up with comments and, uh, people are getting harsh, man. People are like, people, when you listen to this podcast afterwards, we talk, we read some of the comments on the intro. I hope nobody ever finds out that guy's name and fucking bumps yeah. into him because he yeah. has, listen, 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 especially he, that one guy, listen, he, 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 he was a douchebag at that moment. But there are douchebags who are doing like for real bad shit out there. Yeah, let's I'm not rally up. Yeah. yeah, let's not lynch a dude who got in a shoving match. Probably happens every night on the weekend outside of bars. Um, because there are some real bad guys yeah. who like are you know really dark. Some people like I fucking choke them with 
put his lights out. I'd, or like, put the lights out in his eyes is what the guy said. I'd choke him until the lights went out in his eyes. Like, what? Easy, easy, easy. My friend, he goes, I'm a 340-pound man. I'd use all the strength I had to choke the lights out of his eyes. It's like, listen, man, go to fucking prison on death row where some people are like, for real monsters. Yeah. Not a guy who lost his shit one day and was like, he probably is like, ah, oh, fuck me, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, yeah. But anyways, but... Oh, it's great comedy to read the fucking comments. I don't even want... If I find out the guy's name, I don't even want to post it because... Yeah, I, I would uh, <laughs> not contribute to exactly yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. You post where he lives and fucking ruin the guy's life. I already posted that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so Bryce, on to yourself, my friend. I, remember, I still remember the first time I found out about you, it was, I think it was the North American Championships... Uh, yeah. I might be wrong. Could it have been 2015? And that sounds a, about right. Yeah. A, a Canadian kid broke an IPF world champion or, or world record deadlift. Hit, mm-hmm. hit, hit, hit. Like, I didn't hear about you before. I was like, oh shit, we got one. We got one to watch out for. Uh, yeah. IPF world record, which uh, I mean, now you're, you're smashing that. But at the time, it was a fucking world record. And, um, and I remember everyone got really excited. Okay, we got a good one right now. And then the following World Championships, uh, 2016, I was doing the commentating. And I don't think I commentated your session, but I was there on the sidelines watching. And I believe you took a silver medal in that one? Yep. Overall? Yep. Silver overall. I think I got a gold in the uh, deadlift. Probably. Because <laughs> yeah. um, if I remember right, Eli jumped for something really crazy on his third uh, because he had already walked up first place overall. And ended up his second fell just short of my third, if I'm not mistaken. We could always double check, but um, yeah. actually, Paul, can you pull up the yeah. results for that? But um, but yeah, I remember. Um, so from 2015 to 2016, huge coming out uh, for myself. And ever since you've been on our radar, and probably everybody else's radar, right in the mix. So if we were to back it up a little bit, how did you, when did you start weightlifting? Uh, so I started lifting weights. Uh, should I already know? 2006 maybe oh damn uh, 2007 like it was i mean i lifted for a long time before i ever competed mm-hmm. uh i kind of like started lifting and luckily uh i've told the story a lot but i talked to the right people and they said you know you got a squat you got a bench press you got a deadlift and you got overhead press and then everything else just yeah. kind of falls into place whatever um so right when i started lifting i started squatting and i started deadlifting and um you know uh i think the first time i deadlifted uh, I pulled like 365 for a set of six or eight stiff legged because my buddy kept adding weight to the bar, kept adding weight to the bar, and then was like, you know, if you straighten your knees a little bit, it makes it harder. And I was like, okay, well, let's do that. <laughs> and then I probably didn't deadlift for seven months because my back hurt so bad. Uh, my body was just like, what the hell did you do to me? Um, was it dead? Yeah, so I started competing in 2012. It was a deadlift, like of all the lifts when we first started. Was deadlift one that you actually like? What was the one that came off the easiest? What was the one that came off the hardest? Definitely deadlift, uh, and definitely, and I mean these both still hold true to today. But definitely had the hardest time with bench. Um, it took me a long time to see, like you know, I did. Uh, I think my first programming was just Wendler's five three one for powerlifters. So it was five three one, a couple heavy singles here and there. Yeah, uh, and I put. You know, in, in four months or five months, I put like 100 pounds on my squat, 100 pounds on my deadlift, and I think five pounds on my bench press. 
And, and how much did you weigh? Like, oh, Five pounds in the bench. Yeah. I hear the struggle. I was going to say that sounds it's, way too familiar to me. Yes, slow game. <laughs> um, and how much did you weigh at that time? Uh, my first competition, I, I was 181. Oh, okay. So, so and, 83 kilos. Do you have that? Uh, you pulled up the results there, Paul? Yep. So is it exactly as he was saying? It is exactly as he said. So Yeah. Yeah, he misses third. You got your third, and you got a gold yeah. medal. And uh, took him by five place. kilos. Nice. Yeah, three fifty-seven and a half to three fifty-seven and a half. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so you started. So this is when you were uh, in the in the one eighties, and then when did you start getting more? When, so you started competing six years later. Uh, so I started competing in two thousand twelve. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I had been lifting on and off for a number of years, just kind of as a skinny kid who didn't want to be skinny anymore. And probably about 2010, I kind of started taking it seriously mm-hmm. and lifting more and more and being like, oh, well, it's fun when you, you know, when the weight goes up and when the numbers go up and I'm gaining weight and this is kind of cool. But I was still, you know, focused on being in a band and I was in university for a little while uh, and then I dropped out and focused on the band and toured and partied and then uh, got really, really into lifting probably, yeah, 2010, 2011. So what? Huh? Let's talk about this band for a second. Here. What kind of music was it? And tell me about uh, this. Tell so me about this touring and partying. If it's probably, everything, pe- people make it up to me. Probably the closest. Uh, like, uh, there's a million subgenres of metal, but you can call it thrash metal, I guess. Okay. And we we put out a pretty cool album that I was really happy with. Um, the band was called Annihilate. So like Annihilate, but without A N. Okay. Uh, I think they stayed picking for another couple of years after I left. Um, but yeah, we toured not extensively. We did a little bit of Western Canada a couple times and uh, played some local shows. I think we played a show with uh, the Devin Townsend Project, if anybody's heard of them, uh, or that guy. And that was probably like the pinnacle. And there were, you know, five or 800 people at the Commodore in Vancouver. Oh, and that was, that was an awesome, awesome show. Uh, yeah. But then everything kind of just like, for me anyways, I, I, I left the band shortly after that. Was it like, what was it, just life on the road, or, like, what was it, in terms of touring, what is it like when you're on the road? Are you just like, is it like everyone pictures what I picture, okay? I don't, you okay. tell me, is it a, a guy's packed into a van, in yeah. a traveling city to city, you play, you get drunk, everybody's partying, you wake up, feeling like shit, pack up the van, and kind of keep it moving to the next day? Basically, yeah. And you start off friendly, but you, when you're hungover, stuck in a van, do sometimes guys start getting on your nerves? Uh, we were honestly pretty good. And I think the biggest tour we did was probably two weeks. So it was never anything crazy. Like, yeah. everybody had their day jobs and, you know, weren't going to leave that necessarily until things started rolling. But that's one of those cash 22s because it's like, well, if you don't just hit the road, the yeah. van's not going to happen. Yeah. But if the van doesn't happen, you can't leave your job so you can hit the road. Uh, and it just became, I think that was the biggest thing for me was that it just, it seemed to be stagnating. So I needed to move on to something else. And what was your day job at the time? Uh, I bartended. Okay. And then this was when you were a university student as well, you're saying? Uh, I was a university student, a student at first, so studying anthropology, uh, and then bartending while I was doing that. And then, yeah, just, I, I dropped it to focus on the band. And then the band, and then like bartend full time, um, and then yeah, put put as, as much as I had into the band for a little while, and yeah. And then uh, so then around that time when you decided no more band, were you still weightlifting throughout, kind of on and off? Oh yeah, yeah. 
And then yeah, that was the thing most of the time when I was in the band. Obviously not on tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because that would have been a hard sell. Like, hey guys, we gotta go stop by the gym, and you guys can I don't know smoke weed in the parking lot, <laughs> or like a lift or whatever. Do I mean, shit. I know I know some band or I know some musicians, and I don't think they'd be against that idea anyway. So. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think there's a lot of bands like that. I don't, mine, mine wasn't that bad. Yeah. 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 And then, so when did you really start making a big push? Towards, because I remember you popping on the scene really around that North Americans, but when do you really start making a big push towards powerlifting? So I first competed in 2012. Uh, I bombed out my second meet in like early 2013. I bombed on the squat. I think the biggest turning point for me with powerlifting was I competed at, I think it was Provincials 2014. And I got into this really, really good sort of head-to-head battle with this guy and came down to the last deadlift and he barely missed it on a hitch. And it was just, it was really, really dramatic. And, you know, he was a guy who was at the time, I think, pretty well established. And who was I this? started to get into the realm of some respectable numbers. Um, who was and that? This guy named Curtis DeRocher. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I think it was, that was... The biggest turning point for me was like I got into this really heated battle and kind of felt got my first taste of the of the real the competition of powerlifting and the numbers and you know having to manipulate that and play a little bit of strategy. Uh, I had a nine for nine day that day and just was really in the zone and in my flow state and it was just one of those perfect experiences where I was like, oh man, this is the thing for me. Like this is what I'm gonna do. And at that point, I decided, you know, let's let's uh, let's see how far we can push this. I might be okay at this. Powerlifting thing. So what? Uh, and yeah, we know how that story yeah. ends. And things were okay. And um, well, yes, there's a good bet. And um, how? What, what did you do in terms of getting yourself to that next level? Because if you could do a brief, uh, we know you're doing a Wendler five three one. But when mm-hmm. you decide to raise your game, is that when did you get yourself a coach or programming yeah. or? Yeah, that was the biggest thing for me was getting myself a coach. I started. Because uh, that meet that I did, the provincials that I won, I uh, finally stopped worrying about my weight class and I competed as a 105 and I weighed, I think, 96 kilos. Mm. I, was, I was like, I'm not going to cut, you know, to hell with it. I'm going to work on getting bigger. So gaining more weight at that point was a really big thing. Uh, I started working with my first coach here locally, uh, a guy named Mike Souser, and he, he helped me get, you know, kind of the basics of real structured training down. And, also definitely made me realize how hard you can train. Uh, I think before, I, it, yeah, I hadn't even grasped the potential for how incredibly dog shit you can make yourself feel training. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amen. And so was it basically just a, a whole lot more volume and a whole lot more days? Yeah. I mean, not even necessarily more days, but, you know, with 531, you're at one time a week frequency and a bunch of accessory work. And uh, Mike's programming was, I think, maybe five days a week. Uh, but I was squatting and deadlifting three or four of those days. So, yeah, I remember the end of one of his programs was six sets of 10 at 80%, which, I mean, if it's 80%, is not even actually possible. <laughs> Dude, what the shit? That is insane. His program insane. was so aggressive, he expected a certain amount of adaptation by the end. He's like, you're 100% shouldn't be 100% anymore. You should be able to do this. Oh, okay. okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. You're old, based off your old one rep max, 80%. I mean, you're, yeah, you're 100% when you yeah. started the program. Yeah. should no longer be your 100% when you finish the program. I think I got one set of 10 and then a lot of sets of like four and five and just <laughs> yeah, squat. Yeah. So I couldn't squat anymore that day. You know, it is, uh, it's true though. I remember when I was like, 
long before powerlifting, I was doing the bro stuff in the gym. Like one day a week you do legs, one day a week the other. And when I first started doing powerlifting and you realize, oh shit, like you squat two, three times a week or you throw in a deadlift in there, bench three times a week. Initially, you're thinking this is crazy. Yeah. And then when you start getting in there, you're realizing, no, your body adapts. It 100% will adapt. Oh. You're fine. Not only that, you're never going to reach that next level unless you do that. And telling people... Like, uh, you try to work out with a buddy. This is back in the day um, before powerlifting was really that big, so they wouldn't really know. And they'd be like, oh, I, I would deadlift, but I squatted like three days ago, so I'll probably... I'm yeah. like, three days ago? What the fuck are you talking about? Why, why are you not doing it again? <laughs> yeah, like, bro, yes. they thought it was insane to do the same in the same week, let alone squat twice in the same week. What's the matter with you? You're insane, man. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it really does open up your eyes when if you haven't done any powerlifting... People aren't really used to it. So you guys yeah. are doing um, more or less, it sounds like, percentage-based. And did you continue with this guy, or, or did you end up switching it up? Or So I worked with Mike for a year or two. I think I pulled my first 700-pound uh, deadlift with him. Um, and then, honestly, he was, he was really busy. He was teaching, actually, in the course that I was taking. Uh, I took a personal trainer diploma program, so two years full-time university based around, you know, coaching and training, and he was our strength training coach. Mm. Uh, so that was kind of how I hooked up with him initially, uh, and then it just got to the point that I needed more, I needed more, you know, he would send me a program, uh, and then that was pretty much it kind of thing, and I needed more of an interaction, and more of a, a learning experience, and those kinds of things, uh, and obviously not to his discredit, I was kind of getting what I was paying for at the time. Yeah. Uh, so I worked with Brian Carroll for, I think, one training cycle, or half a training cycle, and that just didn't really align with my training philosophy. I think I think my buy-in was pretty low with some of that stuff, uh, and it didn't really take me where I wanted to go. And at the time, I was on a waiting list to work with Mike Tashir, uh, and then I started working with him in probably, yeah, early 2015, I want to say. Hmm. I'm starting to, start to see the timeline. Starting to see a timeline for him, sir. I was like, oh, I remember 2015 when you had a breakthrough year, and all of a sudden you popped up. And that's the perfect advertisement and, for Mike to share, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Reactive Training. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Wow. As well as uh, BudFit uh, Montreal. Yeah. And uh, so what was what's the biggest difference uh, do you think Mike had like when, when you first started training with him? Um, honestly, I think a lot of it was the RPE thing allowed me to train with a lot more intensity than I had in the past. Uh, I used, you know, his, his RB chart for my first workout, and I remember this very vividly. Uh, and I think I, my biggest squat at the time was, you know, maybe 560, 575, somewhere in that range. And the first workout, he was like, yeah, you're going to work up to a set of, a set of five at 500 pounds. And I was like, what, are you crazy? <laughs> I was like, I, I can't do that. And, you know, lo and behold, I put it on the bar, and I was like, well, that didn't feel that bad. And how did he? Uh, how did so, he get that? How did he get that number? Do you know? Uh, so if you look at like Mike T's RPE chart, it's got reps versus percentage. Okay. Uh, and I've always found that chart to be pretty aggressive for me personally. Uh, and as I as I've progressed, I've had to kind of play with my expectations uh, in terms of where they land on that chart. But at the time, it was it, it worked perfectly for at least my squat and my deadlift. My bench was as it always has been, kind of all over the place, but. I remember definitely doing some workouts and being like, wow, I'm, I'm going to put this on the bar and lift it now, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. 
going and doing it, being kind of blown away that I was able to, uh, and then yeah, just hit enough of those uh, enough of those good sessions in a row that it turned into good training blocks, and then it turned into good training years, and uh, it really just just started to accumulate. So let's talk about this North American Championship that really um, threw you on on the board where everybody started to take notice. And um, did you know heading in there that an IPF world record was within reach? That was my, my goal, yeah. And I, I, I think I'm one of those people that kind of doesn't like to really talk about big goals like that ahead of time. I'm, I'm not one to be like, I'm going to go take this record. Uh, you know, it's kind of in the back of my head, and I was like, you know, the other thing's going pretty well, I might, I might try something cool at this meet, kind of thing. Uh, and then, you know, it turned out, lo and behold, it was there. Uh, we chipped the record, and, and it was a pretty damn close call. Like, as I got the down command, my hand tore. Oh! And I managed to keep my hands on the bar the whole way down, but it was so, so close. Yeah. Uh, and then I think one month later, Eli Burks beat it by like 30 or 40 pounds, but... Stay, yeah. it doesn't matter, man. You get there first. A, you get there first. It was a nice free moment of glory. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that really, um, especially probably in Canada, I don't know, it was really like all over the world, but as soon as someone starts breaking a world record, you end up on everybody's radar, right? Yeah. Like, for myself, I was like, oh, shit, okay. So I was keeping tabs. And then, um, yeah. so after it had happened, did you, what was the feeling like to be like, oh shit, I've arrived or? Oh man, I, uh, so I actually ended up winning best lifter, uh, best open male at that meet as well, which was really cool. But I remember coming off the platform and just like being ecstatic and just being so high and, you know, shaking and jumping around. And I like jumped at my big 275 pound buddy who had come down and helped handle me. Gave him a big hug and was high-fiving everybody on their way into the back. I remember seeing Somebody was like, dude, are you bleeding or something? And I looked down and my hand was just like torn from here to here probably. And I had been high-fiving people with my blood. I was like, I'm so sorry. Splattering all over their faces and shit. Uh, but yeah, like I walked into the back room and then it just like all kind of hit me. Like all the things that had built up to that moment. And, you know, um, I had gone through a pretty rough breakup just before that and used a lot of that as fuel and, you know, kind of sacrificed a lot of my social life and these kinds of things. And it just, like, all hit me. And I think I just, I fell down on the floor and started bawling. Uh, really? In wow. the back room, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was, uh, talk it kind about of all came to a head. Was that your first international competition? Yeah. So, I mean, to win best lifter on the international meet, break an IPF world record at an international meet, I mean, that's quite the, the splash for your debut. Yeah. And, um, yeah, have you... Oh, pretty cool. Yeah, oh, single and, es- and especially if you've got drama going into it. Like, that's, yeah. a, that's a lot of waves of... Call up your racks, yeah. and you're like, check this fucking out now. How, how good are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great without you. Yeah. I'm doing this. <laughs> At the same time, he's crying and bleeding on the floor. He's yeah. crying yeah. and bloody yeah. on the floor. Yeah. He's like, are you okay? Check the internet. Check the list. And fuck you. We weren't even around no, back then, but anyways. Um, so was that, had you gone to the Nationals yet? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I had done my first Nationals that year, uh, or maybe the year before in St. Catharines. I think it was 20, 2013 Nationals? 2014 Nationals? What about 2014? Uh, yeah, anyways. I uh, came in silver in the, the 105 class, and Eric Willis beat me, actually. Oh, when he was a 105er. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. Uh, his last name is a 105. 
I think he brought that up. We just interviewed I'm him. Sure he, I'm sure he fucking did. <laughs> of course he did. He worked it into the conversation somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think he had said something about those lines briefly. Oh, he was drinking beer too. Oh, while we were talking to him, that kid loves beer. Yeah. Never met a guy who loved beer that much. He could go on. We we almost had a podcast about beer when we were talking about it. He makes his yeah. own beer and everything. But um, so then going around to the world championships, 2016, and that's the next time I seen you. Now I wasn't sure. I didn't. I knew you were good, and then he had a killer fucking deadlift. Um, obviously, one North American's best lifter, and you had a world record deadlift in the books. But then we had our Eli Burks down there in the U.S., and um, and the IPF World Championships was going to be in the U.S. What kind of expectations did you have walking in there? Because you guys like Screamer Manuel, you were like like 105 has always been competitive. I honestly I had no idea. Um, I think just before that we had started filming like for our YouTube channel. We had, so we started putting out like our first Road to Worlds series or whatever. Uh, and I was right around the time my hip injury started to get really bad. Was that training cycle leading into Worlds? So my squat was, was hit or miss. It was there some days and not there the next. I had just switched to sumo uh, because that was easier on the hip, and I didn't really know what I was capable of sumo. Uh, and I remember, like, hitting my openers and filming our very last video and, like, getting almost emotional just being like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Mm. Like, my openers went like shit. Everything feels heavy. Whoa. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm just going to go do whatever I can do that day, I guess. Uh, wow. And, kind of and it was one of those things where I just kind of was like, all right, well, I accept that, you know, I did everything I could to prepare. And here we so, go. Was it, was it, sorry, were you gonna I was going to say, so, no, yeah. Well, well is it like, was it the training, do you think, um, did it just start getting fatigued? And you're like, holy shit, I don't know if I... What's gonna like? Because when the weights are feeling, here's a like everyone's been there. It's been competing long enough where you go through a moment in training where like holy shit, the weights are kind of feeling heavy, and you're not sure if it's like even it doesn't matter how many times you've been down this road, and you're like I'll deload, it'll be okay. But when a weight that a week before you're manhandling or two weeks before, and all of a sudden you're like I got it, but I was hoping yeah. it'd be easier than that. Yeah. And you yeah, start second-guessing, yeah. yeah. Going in and expecting yeah. something to move 50 pounds lighter than what it's And you're like, feels. that was fucking work. Yeah. And you're like, I hope it doesn't feel like that on day of. And this, was it kind of that situation that was happening? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I was trying not to freak out. I generally, throughout my career, I don't know what what attributed to it or attributes to it, but I'm generally a pretty, like, me day lifter. Um, you know, I kind of am able to focus and thrive in a competition setting. So I just kind of trusted that uh, I'd be able to do what I needed to do. Uh, whatever that looked like, I mean, I don't know. I always, I, I still to this day get those those feelings going into most meets. A lot of times my taper week is pretty crappy. My openers sometimes don't feel very good at all. Um, like openers on that day? Yeah. No, openers uh, like the week of, sorry. Okay. So during my during my taper. Gotcha. Um, Testing them out. Yeah, gotcha. But usually by the time I get on the platform, things are clicking, and I don't know how much of it is psychological because I've built up this expectation that the week before is going to be crappy and the meet's going to be good. Uh, so maybe there's some some work I can do there mentally, but it seems to uh, it seems to work out pretty well. Well, it's good to take take away is that. Um, like if you're testing something, and everyone does it, where you test maybe an opener, and you're like, in training, oh shit, that didn't feel like opener weight. 
And you're like, it, like you're hoping on the platform that weight doesn't take that much energy then. Because then right. you, you won't have nearly as much ground to cover on your third. And then presto magic, sometimes it just falls in the place. Yeah. you got to trust it. Yeah. So let's take it back to meet day then. So you're talking about training is hit and miss going into it. Squats there one day, not there. When did you know you're going to start putting together like the meat was going to come together for you? Was there like that aha moment? Uh, yeah, my third deadlift. So you guys know uh, Ryan Stin, you guys know yeah. Abby Silverberg. Yeah. I had those guys handling me that day and I honestly told them, I was like, I don't care what you do. Like, these are my goals. I want to try to place. I want to take a shot at the world record if it's there. Um, I was like, just, just put what I need on the bar and I'm just going to lift it. I was very, um, like I really didn't want to watch the screen in the back. I didn't look at the computer. I didn't look at the numbers. I didn't want to know what anybody else was doing. I just needed to very much be tunnel vision. And when they told me, like, hey, you're going to go squat now, I was just like, okay. I, like, I don't know what's on the bar. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where I am in the standings. I'm just going to go lift. And that was my whole meet up to my third deadlift. Right before I went for my third deadlift, I can't remember if it was Abby or Ryan, but they said, look, man, you're going to go out there and pull this. And if you get this, you got second place overall. And if you miss it, you get nothing. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Just little, you went from no pressure to fucking 100. In, <laughs> you're like, you'd be like, listen, man, I'm not sure about how I feel. You're telling me that. Yeah. Like, I got to lift it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> by, by that point, I was, I was very much like where I needed to be mentally. I was having a great day. I was eight for eight. Everything felt just like it should. Uh, you know, my second deadlift felt great. And uh, it ended up being, I think, only a maybe seven or ten kilo jump for my second and my third because we just kind of like I think we matched uh, maybe the Kazakh guy on body weight uh, and then one on body weight sorry we matched him on the deadlift and then one on body weight um, but I knew it was a small enough jump and, and just kind of like okay well I guess I'm going to go deadlift this now like it, I don't really have a choice so this is going up and that's the way it's going to be and it did and yeah is there, is there, do you have to cut a lot of, do you have to cut a lot of weight for these? Uh, honestly, the, the first time I ever really cut was, uh, open worlds in, in Czech Republic. And that was maybe a kilo and a half, two kilos. Yeah, that's uh, no, for that's... the most part, I've, I had been walking around like 103, 104. So mm. like my now wife and I went out for steak dinner the night before and Oh, ate a bunch of potatoes, and I was bugging Stephen Manuel, sending him pictures of all the food I was eating because I knew he was cutting like <laughs> three kilos a day out kind of thing. Playing psychological warfare well, I like it. competition. I like Just it. Just giving him a hard time. See, Canadians, people think Canadians are nice, but wow. <laughs> That's like when people thought you and I had been chatting a little bit, and uh, you know, it was all in good fun. I was throwing him off by trying to go out. I, try not mess with him or anything. But. Charles Barkley, when he played another, I think it's Charles Barkley, fuck it. Um, he doesn't listen. So no. when, when he played another team in the NBA playoffs, he would send prostitutes to the other guy's hotel rooms just to keep him up all night. <laughs> that was such a true story. And um, true story, I think you did the same to Screamer in that world. Too. Yeah. <laughs> but, food porn, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you said you said food. You ordered up his favorite meals and sure. said it to him. He's like, "You son of a bitch!" Wow, it's already here. Let's just fucking. I mean, I, we'll I sweat it out. We'll sweat it out. We'll sweat yeah. it out. It's fine. So, was that your first World Championships? That was, yeah, yeah. So, leading into this, um, to the worlds, 
like the last week and everything when things are starting to feel heavy and you had built a little, in, especially in Canada. So up until Eric Willis, and he's getting a lot of fucking uh, time here, um, up yep. until Eric Willis, we had never gotten a world champion in the open. And yeah. um, obviously you took North Americans, took best lifter, you took world record. And did you feel, and this is your first world championships, did you feel any kind of pressure or just because it's your first worlds regardless, whether or not you felt pressure from other people, but just from yourself? What was it like yeah. leading into it? Yeah, kind of. I think, like, uh, for me, I don't... And I'm getting into this now where I'm starting to feel more pressure from, from other people and letting that affect me a little more. Um, but at the time, I, I didn't really... I wasn't super aware uh, of a lot of social media and that kind of stuff. You know, we were kind of doing our YouTube videos or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I definitely put, like, a fair bit of pressure on myself, I think, because I kind of somewhere deep down knew what I was capable of. Uh, and just putting the pressure on myself to make sure that that's what happened and that's what was expressed was what I was capable of. Uh, so yeah, there was there was a, a bit of internal pressure there, uh, and I think, like I said, I kind of thrive on on pressure a little bit. And on that um, that World Championships, how much did you miss the overall gold buy? It was close. It was super close, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it would have been another five kilos. Another. When, like when you look at it, do you tell yourself, is it one of those moments where you're like, fuck, I, I wonder if I have five more kilo in that dead? Yeah, uh, which, not, you, not with that one, five honestly. Kilo. Five kilos, yeah. yeah. So honestly, that day, uh, I was just happy to, to like be in the runnings and be in the race. And, you know, I had, I had the most implicit trust in my coaches that, you know, if they thought that was the right move, they would have put it on the bar and they didn't. And that's fine. Like, I was like, this is my first world ever. I just came in second overall. I got a gold medal in the deadlift. Like, I'm not going to look back and be like, what if? Yeah. I was very, very happy, content, and and satisfied with that meet and the performance and the numbers. I think everything was exactly as it should have been. And um, now that you've been around the block and, and and you are who you are now, having tasted all this kind of experience, um, now would you say if when you when you're back there, and actually, well, maybe the perfect time to um, segue into the world championships that were in Calgary. Yep. Would you now be like, hey, listen, fellas, all right, last time that was cool, first time I didn't want to know where I was at, but if yeah. I'm within five kilo, let me know, because we let me let me in because I want to make a couple uh, decisions. I, I think if I put Bryce today in that situation, uh, I would have been more aware of my standings, and I probably would have put it on the bar. Yeah. 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 And risk it. But it's any time for for the person that I was and the athlete that I was and the place that I was, like, that was that was perfect. And that's uh, fair. I want, to, I want to stress that I regret nothing about that. In, in, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, and actually, just because we're talking about it anyways, we're talking about your Calgary performance. I just recently watched, actually, your summary video on YouTube for uh, 2018. And yeah. you did do that. You did throw on, I think it was, what, it was 850-something. Yeah. yeah. 38, yeah, something like that. Or three, I guess it was a three seven and a half. I think. Yeah. yeah. I don't even remember. It was um. Uh, it's funny. It you didn't go. You remembered all the ones that you hit, though. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it was three. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. three. 
fuck it. Thanks for bringing uh, that up, Ashley. Yeah, thank you, uh, Paul. Yeah. You didn't say much, and then you bring up all my misses. Um, <laughs> uh, he's the realist. That's why he's here. But, um, yeah. No, but no, it, it's true. Though, and plus, here's something that experience does buy you as well. So by the time Calgary rolls around or any other meet in the future, you've already broken IPF world records. You've already been to IPF world championships, won silvers, won gold in the deadlift. So now you can gamble a little having already accumulated this and be like, I got it. Yeah. Whereas when yeah. it's your very first one, and it's absolutely true for people who maybe haven't been there, it's easy for someone to be like, always load the bar to win. It's like, all right, well, if you've never been there and you don't realize, you know what, on your first meet, to get a silver overall, yeah. to get a gold medal in, the, in one of the events is huge. And once you gather all those accomplishments, now you're not risking as much when you're in the same position because yeah. you're like, hey, fuck it. What am I going to get? Another silver? Another? No, let's go. Let's go all in. I'm all good. I've already got those medals. And well, is I that think it? it's, it's worth mentioning, too, that I, I put that on the bar just to, just to pull for a bronze. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, well, if, if you're right. in a situation, I, though, yeah. I think for me, it's, it was like I, I wanted to be on the podium. Yeah. And if I if I could have pulled for a silver, if I could have pulled for a bronze or a gold or whatever, like I just wanted to be on the podium. I knew that I was up against, you know, Some the absolute best of the best. Like nobody was sitting that year out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like there were, it was it was incredibly uh, incredibly competitive. So for me to just kind of be in the mix and, and I just wanted to be on the podium. So I was like, whatever I got to do to get on the podium. Uh, if yeah. you have a choice between second and third. I might have just pulled for third yeah. just to be on the podium yeah. uh, because it probably would have been more realistic or, you know, whatever. And yeah, it all depends on how close. If it's like a 15 kilo gap, you're like, all right, boys, let's be realistic. If it's if yeah. it's different between five kilo and it's tight, you know, you can make judgment calls. Yeah. But And it's also yeah. probably worth noting as well, like you had a phenomenal meet anyways, eight for nine. Yeah, yeah. First, first 400 bench big, competition. Uh, big bench PR. Yep. There you go. For me, anyway. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> there you go. I had to watch the world record get smashed three times in a row after that. Yeah. I still felt okay with myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, it's crazy what the 105s has turned into. Um, I know, like, in Minx, for instance, you weren't there in Belarus. Watching that, how, like, that, the hype around the 105s in Belarus. Now, we'll get to Calgary yeah. in one sec, but um, watching it in Belarus, how tough was it? Did you watch it first off? Maybe I'm assuming yeah. too much. Yeah. And what I were you thinking? What were you thinking of uh, when you're watching this live? Being like, God damn, because this was probably the show stealer was the 105s in Belarus. You could cut the tension with a knife. That place was packed. Not all the lifters showed up to all everyone else's events. Everyone showed up for that one. And yeah. did that make you hungry when you're like, oh, when you guys come to Calgary, you're going to see me? Yeah. A little, a little bit, yeah. Like, I, I definitely watched that and was like, ah, like, it would have been awesome to be in there. It would have been awesome to be in that mix. And so, like, because, again, like I, like I told you guys earlier, that was kind of my, the reason that I wanted to, to push it was to be in there, like, making third deadlift changes and all this kind of stuff. Like, that's, ugh, that's, that's what gets me yeah. about power. The thing is that whole just like jockeying for position in those last few poles and, you know, trying to tie up body weight or whatever, like the strategic element of it is big for me. Uh, and I, I felt like watching that, I was like, ah, I wish I would have been in there, you know, making moves and making plays kind of thing. And that's the big thing where, where you're a commentator. See, a lot of people don't get, and they're like, powerlifting is never going to be that popular because it's just people weightlifting. But it's not just people exercising. There actually is like um, strategic elements where guys are changing or even changing their openers, let alone their last deadlifts yeah. several times over. And if this guy can hit this lift and we're crunching numbers and 
part of my job as a commentator would be to like tell the story so people realize here's a scorecard, but here's what the strategizing happening. And the national team coaches, it, you see there was a difference between Canada, U.S., their national teams, then some of these other teams with strong lynchers, like perhaps like in Algeria, not used to the world scene, and they're making moves where it's like, why would you not take that chip if you're going for a world record? Why would you yeah, not, yeah. you know, certain yeah. things where it's like, yes, there is strategy in powerlifting, and a lot of people might not even realize that. That was one of those things that I got back from Texas, uh, and that was 20, 2016, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I got back from Texas and a lot of my clients and a lot of my friends and uh, like Selena's parents and stuff, they were all like, I had no idea how much strategy was involved in that. Like that was really cool watching it unfold throughout the class and seeing, because I think I changed, I had put in a couple deadlift changes, not personally, I mean the coaches did for me, but uh, it was one of those things where there were a lot of position jumps during that last little bit. And uh, I think a lot of people were kind of, that are close to me anyways, uh, had their eyes open to like the, the very strategic elements of, of powerlifting and positioning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like it's it's easy to say the strongest guy wins, but n uh, not always. Like you can yeah. you can overshoot. Like I would use an example. Um, while mixed Belarus, Brett Gibbs, eighty three kilo. You can't convince me he's not stronger than Ulan. He is. Yeah, even, oh, 100%. even even on that day. But if he didn't overshoot the squat, a little more conservative, his second to third, his, his deadlift attempts were a little different. They didn't get 100% out of Brett on that day. So right. you miss a couple, and now, fuck me, he landed all his. Brett could get more than 795. He could. Yeah. But it's just, yeah. so in trying to explain to people, it's a strength sport, but there was strategy where somebody stays in the pocket, not as strong as you, can actually defeat you. And you don't have to bomb out. Some people are like, well, if you bomb out, no, you're not even just bomb out. If it's yeah. within, if it's within range, he's stronger than you by 15 kilo. You could still lose. You're in danger, and that's the yeah. excitement of it. That's why, if it wasn't like that, it'd be a fucking shitty sport. Because it's like, why do we even show up? You know what I mean? Yeah. Just give him his medal. But that's how yeah. many. I, I mean, I, there's those classes, but there's a few classes like that. But like, in how many sessions? Like the last three world championships I've commentated on, man, I can tell you, it's uh, it is, it's not as cut and dry, you know. As like, here's a good story. Superman David Ricks was in the in the Masters this time. He went from the Open to like a Master Three, okay. And uh, yeah. a Canadian boy was going against him, and David Ricks, this Canadian guy, he he, I think he competed, competed once in the '80s, once in the '90s. Early 2000s, and here it comes back again. Every 10 fucking years, he competes. Just every decade or so. Yeah. Every decade or so, that's right. And then he shows up, and he's like, oh, well, it's David Ricks. I'm, I'm never going to uh, beat David Ricks. David Ricks bombs out. He's fucking like Buster Douglas who just knocked out Mike Tyson. Beat Superman. He tugged down Superman's yeah. cape and beat Superman, and, and he won. Now he's a world champion. I'm like, what are you going to do? What's next, man? You just won in Canada. Beat David Ricks. No one's seen him coming. He's like, fuck that. I'll see you. I'm out. Yeah, like, out, out. He's like, unless what? Because he's fifties, right? Unless when I'm sixty-five, I feel like David Ricks is vulnerable. That's, 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 that's my stomach. But um, lead, leading into Calgary after watching, so actually, let's go back. Why didn't you make Belarus, by the way? Uh, just the travel. I kind of just had other things on the go, and the financial aspect of of traveling that far for a meet and. Mm -hmm. I think uh, as as I have been for the last three years, I was taking some time to try to fix my hip, and uh, yeah, it just it just wasn't the meat for me. It didn't line up really. Mm. 
And um, do you have like sponsorships you can help out in terms of travel? Uh, I do a little bit now. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't really have anybody at the time. I was kind of just all, all self-funded and running my own business on top of it all. So things can be uh, feast and famine, definitely. And who do, who do you have for sponsorships? Uh, right now I'm working with uh, formerly ER Canada, now Strong Arm Sport yep. uh, here in Calgary. And through them, uh, Titan and Canadian protein. And, and weren't you, there's something with Titan I, and you couldn't wear a I wanted like, to bring this up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The little bit of you, controversy between SPD and Titan. Yeah, we love controversy. Yeah. It's juicy. <laughs> Actually, it's, uh, it's, it's not that juicy. No. It's a fucking singlet. I mean, but this is a juicy powerlifting. It's, it's a juicy powerlifting gets, it's right? Strong, it's <laughs> ER or strongman sports now versus inner strength, like you're talking. Yeah, so, so let's talk. Do you mind yeah. talking about that? No, no, no. Okay, no, no. let's talk about that for a minute. So what, um, happened? So what happened was the SBE uh, created a deal with the CPU. Uh, now, since the initial sort of unveiling of this whole thing in our initial video about it, uh, a lot more is, not necessarily a lot more, but a little bit more has come to light. Uh, so what happened was SBD made a deal with the CPU, uh, and the CPU kind of accepted it without really talking to all of the athletes on the open team, just assuming that this was going to be something that everybody wanted. Uh, and now the deal on SBD's behalf was that every member of the open team would wear the full kit, they'd be provided with the free kit, and then they, they would therefore be eligible for prize money should they podium. But the uh, one of the contingents of the deal was that if any athlete were to choose not to wear or opt out of the SBD stuff, the deal would be off the table, uh, and none of the other members of the open team would then be eligible for the prize money through that deal or eligible for the free uh, equipment. Mm. Now, at the time, Adam Ramsey and myself were both on the world's team, and Adam later ended up dropping out because of back injury. Uh, but we both wanted to support our sponsors that we had been working with for a year or two and who had taken good care of us, and we wanted to be representing them on you know, probably one of the biggest or most watched events in powerlifting, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it is. One hundred percent is the biggest. So, you know, it, it mattered to us that we were wearing and representing the brands that had put us through the last two years of training, not, you know, having to wear something that we don't necessarily support or not that we don't support them, but stuff that we don't like to use or don't want to use yeah, or don't and, use in training. And they're direct competitor, no less. Yeah, I mean, that, that uh, is a whole other thing. Because, I mean, like, Ben Banks reached out to me right after this whole thing happened. We sat down and had a conversation. Uh, you know, and he was like, well, what do, you, what do you want from all this? And I'm like, well, I want you, like, if you're going to propose a deal, make it a better deal. Don't, don't, like, put the whole team of an individual sport, and this is a whole other topic, but, uh, you know, a self-funded individual sport where, you know, you're approaching the federation and, you know, using that to kind of like corral everybody into doing the same thing and if somebody doesn't want to then well whatever we'll find somebody else who will kind of thing mm -hmm. um and you know i i uh, have a good relationship with ryan and ray at inner strength i think they're fantastic people uh and, and you know that made things a little bit rocky uh they were both pretty pretty choked about the whole thing because it definitely put sbd in a bad light and they're they are sbd canada uh, so it was unfortunate that that happened um, but at the same time, you know, I stand, stand by what I said at the time, and, and I think that because of all this, what's happened now is 
uh, as I've been told anyways, SBD is kind of reframing the deal and hopefully the next time it's on the table, uh, people who don't want to take it will be able to choose not to and uh, it won't affect their teammates. You know what, so, and that's where discussion is never a bad thing. It's never a bad thing yeah. to create discussion and that's what you're doing is creating discussion. You can just stay quiet and, and play ball or you could just be like, hey, look, I'm not trying to cause shit, but let's talk. Yeah, let's talk. Like it's... And that, was, that was a big intent for me and a big thing that I, I wanted to try to be clear about because I was like, I, I wanted to have a discussion. I wanted to encourage a discussion. I wasn't out here saying, oh, SBD is the evil empire. Everybody should go hate on them and they're, you know, malicious in their intent and yada, yada, yada. Like, none of that stuff I, I said. Um, but unfortunately, people, you know, jumped right to that. So a lot of the comments were like, well, never wear an SBD again. And, you know, a lot of this kind of stuff that just came as like a, a big attack at SPD, a lot of very anti-SPD sentiment, um, which again was not my intent. It was like, guys, look at the opportunities for, for athletes or lack of opportunities in some cases who are taking part in this self-funded sport. And, you know, I think, uh, I think I was a little bit choked that the CPU kind of accepted this without, you know, clearing it with everybody first, those kinds of things. Uh, a lot of people were like, well, yeah, it's like it's like if you were on a basketball team and the team said, these are your sponsors, you're going to wear this on your jerseys. And I was like, well, we don't get paid by the CPU. Mm. It's different. If the CPU pay us to compete, then yes, if they want me to wear a tied sticker on my headband or whatever, like, I'm going to do it, whatever. They're, they're paying the bills, then they can have say what I represent and who I support when I go out there, but... Unless that's the case, I feel like we should have individual uh, rights and individual say in who we support when we're paying our way to these championships and paying our way through training and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's 100% a good point. Like, and especially since you're so used to training in certain equipment, whether it's you know yellow jacket sleeves or your Toro belt or something like that, like to try and suddenly change that up because you have to. Well, here's the thing that's kind of it's when you make a deal that's kind of like you could. If you say, um, look, for a lot of guys who don't have sponsors, let's say, you're like, I'm going to give you all this free equipment. I'm going to give you this sweet deal. Uh, oh, the, the caveat is, one of you guys doesn't accept, I'm going to pull it away from all of you. You know, you kind of know what you're doing there. You're turning yeah. everybody against that one guy. So that one guy has tons of pressure and won't pull out. It's, it's business. Yeah. It's smart. On the same time. It's working together to kind of silence that guy. So no one wants to be that guy to ruin a deal for everybody. So you're kind of like, ah, oh, shit, man. You're and that's, that's exactly what Adam and I decided. It's like we have sponsors. Um, I think we actually later reached out to most, uh, and like 90% of the world's team were already independently sponsored by SBD. So, you know, it probably wouldn't have been a big deal if we were just like, no, we're not going to take it. And we would have been like, okay, well, I'll still get my free SBD stuff and yeah. still sponsor SBD independently. But... Um, we didn't, we, you know, we weren't comfortable saying like, oh, my needs come before everybody else on the team. That's just not, like that didn't sit with us. So we were like, okay, yeah. well, I guess if this is the way it's going to be, then we're going to wear our SPD stuff and hopefully have a productive conversation about this so we don't end up in this situation again. And that's tough when they make it, that you have to frame it like that. So that's kind of what I'm saying is if you're the, um, the company, you know, it's, you know what you're doing when you you put a person in a position where they have to frame it like that. Be like, well, yeah. I'm going to put myself first and everyone else loses that. That wasn't an accident. <laughs> you know, well, that's, that's a well, smart no, that, that's business. Yeah. business. Yeah. Yeah. The deals are framed. 
Yeah. Like that's that's common practice for to make a deal with a team, uh, to make a deal with a group and stuff. And I think that in and of itself, that model doesn't work. So it's bigger than SBD even. It's that 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 team deal model, in my opinion, does not work with powerlifting unless you have a federation that is supporting their athletes monetarily. Mm-hmm. So. Looking at this, and, and I mean, and I'm, and I'm a fan of uh, SPD. Like, obviously, they dump tons of fucking money into the sport. They do a lot of this Yeah, sport. yeah. There's no, there's no, no doubt. That. No doubt. And that's where anyone listening, and I know what you mean, where people listening might be like, well, that was fucked up, so fuck SPD. Well, there's always yeah. two sides. Just like we were saying, exactly. that one dude, you might not have liked what that one dude did in that video, but who knows, he could work at a fucking children's hospital, okay? And some kid lost his life, now he's going to throw around some teenager doing weights. Yeah. So, probably not. Yes. He's probably a douchebag. Probably not. You see case, what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> we're SPD, here, here we might not agree on a couple things, but they fucking dump huge money. They actually fly, I don't know if they do this for you guys, but there's some teams that actually fly them out to the worlds now. If they're like, you're the champ, we want the best to be represented, and that's the biggest gripe with powerlifting is sometimes the best can't go. There's not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. SPD's starting to fly guys out and, and pick it up. And they're trying to do other stuff, like actually start putting surprise money into it. Start- yeah, yeah, which I've been which, gripe, everybody yeah. gripe, you know, throw money at these cats. Um, so, so let's talk, like, what about, is SPD pay now for the Canadian team? I think they do the U.S. in terms of travel. Uh, I think what's happening in the U.S. is the USAPL is actually starting to, uh, give, like, a, a stipend or refund a certain amount of the team fees for Worlds and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know about what SPD is doing. Mm. Um, and as far as I know, there's no deal like that in the CPU, but... Did someone uh, yeah. get a check? I, I, I'm not sure. I thought someone posted a check. It wasn't from SPD. It was a... I thought it was SPD, but they tagged. They said, thanks, Inner Strength. It said SPD. Oh, maybe. But isn't but Inner Strength is SPD. Uh, so Inner Strength, I believe, is on entity, but Ryan and Ray also represent SPD Canada. Gotcha. Now, Inner Strength, every time I've gone to an equipped championship, uh, has offered, or, or sorry... Equipped and Raw Championship has paid like half the entry fees for the entire team. Oh. Uh, which again is another reason that I really, you know, have a good relationship, really like Ryan and Rhea yeah. uh, a lot because again, they're, they're a company and they're people who do a lot for the sport as well. Mm. But yeah, when I went to, you know, Pilsen in the Czech Republic to compete at Open Worlds, uh, they had, you know, covered half the entry fee before we even got the bill. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like we're kind of talking where we need an environment like this where you, you're not, A, not afraid to have a discussion, and B, both sides will talk. Benjamin sat down and heard you out. And you could yeah. talk, and um, it's, when people are like, I don't agree with that story I heard, so fuck these guys. It's like, no, but that's not a discussion either. Right? Well, that's, it's, that's just yeah. a one-sided approach then. Or, and some people, some people wanted to say, fuck SPD. You just gave yeah. them, so they jumped on it. Yeah, yeah there, some people like, hate CPU, hate APF, and be like, see, it's all fucking politics. It's like, no, you you already thought that. You're just going to run with it. This is discussion. It, I got news. Whenever money's involved and we're just starting to see some money, there's going to be discussions like this. There's going to be negotiating like this. That's the way it is. Nobody's a bad guy, but we all got certain interests we got to cover. So this is the way it's got to be done, right? Like, yeah. uh, this is normal. And if you want to see the sport grow, like, these are the types of growing pains you're going to have to go through. That's it. These are the growing yeah, pains. I think that's a really important thing to touch on in it. We're in a very formative 
sort of time frame for the sport. And I think that as it grows, we have these growing pains and we have, you know, the shit that's going down with the powerlifting Australia and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Like there's just a lot going on right now. And we're trying to figure out like how we want to run this sport and who's going to be in charge and how the athletes are going to be treated and what the federations are going to look like. And all these things are just kind of like figuring themselves out and coming to fruition. So it's important that, you know, people are transparent and that we have discussions about this kind of stuff as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that, you know, hopefully we can steer the sport in the right direction that works for, for everybody. And it's good that like, um, like mature discussions, like you handle it maturity and, and you could tell the way you're talking about where not the internet trolling, fucking I'm picking a team, I'm picking a side. That's what it feels like. It feels like, like, um, like obviously King of Lips, we give, we give shine to powerlifting in general, okay? But there are some people like entrenched, like you're an IPF elitist. Well, you're uh, like, you know, they just the shit talk and people choose sides. And it's like, man, that's not going to get anybody further. You know what I mean? Where like, we got to kind of work together and it'll never be a point. Like, none of these other sports are at a point where, well, there we go. Everything's figured out. All sponsorship yeah. is good. No, this is it. Once money's in, it'll never stop. I got news for you, right? Like, this yeah. is the way it's going to yeah. be. There's always going to be deals. There's going to be people butthurt about getting traded or whatever the shit, like, franchises. For here on out, now that there's money involved, once TV buys in, certain sponsorships, we are always going to have to deal with this now. So we got to start very quickly uh, members, lifters, everybody has to mature real quickly well, and, and start realizing how to do dialogue. And it's good you're getting situations like this where it's actually the athletes, at least, that are starting to try and mature it in the direction that it should yeah. go. Yeah, as opposed before to... It's, before it's all political, actually, at the top end. Yeah, and you run into, like, an IOC issue or... I just want to say, or, Bryce is the Muhammad Ali of powerlifting. Can I say that? I mean, <laughs> just, <laughs> we can say whatever we want. Because of the singlet, you got to think bigger, yeah. Bryce. I would have done Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks, whatever. Okay. (laughs) Just like I would go on record and say that the Tiger Team Canada singlet looks way better than the SPD one. Exactly. Well, there we go. So let's just get that out the way. Good. So looking into the World Championships at Calgary, what was it like training for that knowing? I mean, the the 105s, what was your Wilkes going in? What was your Wilkes at the end of the day? Uh, After the championship? Yeah, or or at the championship. Uh, like 5-0 uh, or something, I hope. Let's take a look here. Paul's got it pulled up. It's crazy, though, that, like, okay, so my point was, not exactly what the Wilkes was, but the point is how competitive your weight class is. It was, like, this was, your 105s was, like, when, when we were talking about, do you want to shift off? We have a couple guys who actually wouldn't mind sitting in the booth for 105s. I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> like no shit you're getting volunteers to comment the 105s i was like nobody's sitting in for the 105s everybody's watching the 105s man there are people in europe who are messaging me be like it's three o'clock in the morning and we're watching right now the stream it's amazing this is great tv yeah. it was phenomenal tv you got it pulled up yeah somewhere. 501 there you go. But so they get it to be Wilkes in the 500s and not get on the podium. That's how thick it is. Like the competition was crazy deep. Minx Belarus 105s was phenomenal. Yep. Dare I say it, this one was even better. Oh, this one was better. But listen, bench press, bench press is nine times out of ten. The hardest to commentate through because it's guys lay down and, and press. Okay? And I know you're not a bench guy, so let's talk honest here. Uh, <laughs> we can all be like, fuck bench press. Yeah. But... It's almost where, even as a commentator, it's unspoken. You can't keep the energy up for three hours straight. So you almost let it 
let it come down a moment so everyone relaxes. You keep you keep a slow boil through bench, bring it back up for dip, yeah. and here we go. The fucking bench press in the Calgary 105s, world record, world record, world record. Yeah. I was like, I was like oh, my heart was beating. Even the bench was off the hook. Entertainment. Yeah. Well, and then you're looking at the scorecard as well. You're looking at it. Everyone in the top five missed their third attempt, which means everyone's jockeying for position at the very end. Yeah. Whether they're pulling for third or pulling for first or... Yeah, yeah, you could cut the tension yeah. with a knife. It was so. I, and for people who don't know, um, the place was packed. It felt like there were people hanging off of rafters, and the viewership, my friend, for the one hundred fives, off the hook, all over the world, and it's in your hometown. So if we could walk through a little bit that week and that day, what was it like? Uh, like, did you feel it coming in that week? Did you know? Were you like, holy shit? It was so it was it was a bit it was interesting because I didn't even go to the venue until the day I competed, uh, or maybe the day before. But it was one of those things where like, you know, when you stay at the venue, or sorry, you stay at the meet hotel, it's usually in the venue. So you got nothing else to do, you just wander down and like watch some lifting, or you know, if you want to see a session, it's a lot easier to. I I think, uh, but for me, it was like I drive forty minutes across town to get there. Mm. So I was still working all week. I was still training all week. You know, I, I was kind of just living my life as normal. So it was really surreal to come home and be watching the stream and be like, oh, this is happening in Calgary. It was amazing the number of lifters that came into the gym, like came into the strength edge uh, where Calgary Barbell is and, and lifted and like bought shirts and got pictures and all that kind of stuff. Like, it was really cool to see people from, I don't know, we probably had 15 different countries through the gym, like, that week. That's wild. Uh, That's wild. Or more. Like, it was, it was so, so cool. Uh, so the week I was, like, it was a bit of a mixed bag. It was hard for me to really get my head into competing because I was just sleeping at home. You know, I'd take my dog out for a walk. It would feel weird. Yeah, because yeah. you're usually, it, it, like, it's like, I'm home. But you know, like, there are people speaking German and Russian and Finn in my gym. I put on the stream, feels like it's minxed all over again. Like, yeah. when you're watching a stream of minx, but this is, like, fucking in the same city. And you're seeing records fall, hacked versus, uh, or sorry, yeah, uh, no, Gibbs versus fucking Russell Orhe and all, these, all that shit going down. And it's like, oh, my God. But yet, you're not pulled out of your routine. You're walking your dog. and. Yeah. It's, it must have been weird. That's it was, it was very weird. Um, I think mean, the meet itself was was great. Like the energy in there was awesome, and you know I had pretty much everybody who would ever come out to anything uh, that I have like any connection with at all in Calgary was all there. You know, all my clients and their significant others, and oh, shit. Like, like my. Uh, Mother and father-in-law, and my nephew, and my niece, and fucking Barbara showed up. Literally everybody was there. Uh, so yeah, I remember coming out for that third deadlift, and I had my headphones in, and just like Max, they were pretty noise-canceling headphones, but I just had it cranked up, and you know, was trying to get psyched up to try and pull this absurd deadlift that I had no idea if it was going to go anywhere. Uh, and I took my headphones out, and the the noise in that building was actually louder than the music I had in my headphones. Whoa. And that was that's it was just the coolest coolest feeling. Um, it was really sad when all the cheering turned into it turned into like ah. Oh. But you know what? But, uh, it was still awesome. The, yeah. the fact that like very few 
people are going to be in a situation like you were where the World Championships comes to your hometown and, like, everybody is there. And, and even, like, it wasn't that long ago where that would never happen. Where it would never be deafening noise. Like, you feel, like, as a commentator, it's easy to sell the energy when it's real. Like, I was like, man, this you could cut the tension with the knife when you hit that platform. You know, just to be in that moment, regardless, it's always going to be 50-50 when you're pulling that big. But the fact that you were actually in that moment in Calgary, I mean, and um, everybody in the commentating booth, by the way, like all the media team was like, I'm glad the Canadian went for it. You know, you, you were like, load it up. We're yeah, going. Yeah. And, 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 and you're a deadlifter. Like, you could, a deadlifter is, is like that KO puncher who's never fully out of it until the very last one. Yeah, yeah. One of those things where, like, I talked to Abby was there, helped me out that day. Matt Goldsmith was helping me out, and, and that was the first time I've ever been uh, handled on meet day by Mike T, which was also a really, really cool experience. Um, so you know, I kind of talked to the guys beforehand, and they asked, "What are your What are your priorities? What are your goals today?" I was like, "Podium." Was like, that's all I want. I don't care about records. I don't care about PRs. Like, I want to be on the podium. So. We pulled my second last deadlift or my second deadlift, and uh, you know it was like, what are we gonna put in for the third? And I was like, well, I really don't give a shit if I pull 377 and hit like a two and a half kilo PR. And like, hey, yeah. PR, like I don't care. I don't care about a PR at the World Championships. Like, I want to place. So we just put put what we had to on the bar to place, and it uh, unfortunately wasn't there, but. I don't know. I think I would feel worse if I hadn't put it on the bar, for sure. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And leading yeah. into training, everything for this one, did it go well? Uh, I mean, my, my hip is still so inconsistent with my squat. Um, my deadlift fell off for most of the training cycle. Uh, I think it's just been a long time since I've actually eased off the gas pedal a little bit. I've uh, just kind of competed and competed and competed and competed and competed. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to take some time off and get healthy again. I'm going to take some time off and get healthy again. And then I see another meet or get invited to another meet or whatever. And I'm like, well, I'll just do this quick little thing. And, you know, I end up just, just redlining through training again. And uh, not, in, not in a bad way. Like, you know, you train responsibly. And I haven't, you know, knock on wood, haven't had any debilitating injuries. But the, the hip's not getting any better. And I think that's really holding me back in my squat. Uh, or, or is getting better very, very slowly at the pace that I'm still trying to push training. You were doing, were you competing in nationals, equip, turn around, compete, uh, raw, and doing like double nationals and yeah, like doubling up your calories? Yeah, back days that year. Uh, so that was, that was an interesting experience. I'll probably never do that again. To say the least, did you almost bomb out? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, so you yeah, were... Maybe, this is my like, first two raw deadlifts that yeah. day, just falling Gut, over with the bar. Gutsy as shit uh, for anyone listening. So you competed uh, geared, which obviously takes a toll on your body. And then like the deadlift, which is your shit. That's your jam. And missed yeah. your first, missed your second. And everybody's like, holy shit. If Bryce doesn't get... And this would be like another upset victory. You know, I don't even know who yeah. Silver, but he was like, oh my God, yeah. I'm about to fucking beat Bryce. Actually, the guy was in Taylor. The guy Taylor was, Chab- Chabot was, uh, was in Silver because he now, he now works for Calgary Barbell as a coach. 
He, and you know, he was like, son of a bitch. It might happen for me. You know what? The guy in 10th place would have won. Let's still be like, oh my God, I'm about to beat Bryce. And yeah. everybody That's, could have been saying the same thing. Yeah. They all were like, holy shit, here we go. And just, yeah. you snagged that out, which God bless. I'm glad you did, because uh, we need you being representing Canada on the world stage. But yeah, I could see where uh, a schedule like that. So are you just planning on now... Lightning the load, are you going to pick a lane with equipped or raw, or what's, what's your so, schedule looking like? The plan is equipped for the next two years, uh, probably. Uh, I have some, some pretty big goals in mind with, uh, with single-ply stuff. Um, so for right now, I probably won't compete again until March. There might be a small one in November, but I'm also starting to lean towards not actually doing that one and just hosting it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a bunch of guys in Alberta here who are kind of OGs in the equipment. And uh, I've been giving them a hard time about getting back into the equipment. And they said, you know, if you do an equipped only meet, we'll, uh, you know, there's three or four, and we'll put the, we'll put the gear back on. Equipped uh -huh. only? Like, All right. Interesting. Well, what's the year? What year is it? Yeah. 2005? Equipped. Oh, I'm back in high school. It's coming back. Don't come on to come back. Okay. Well, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Is do you think that like all jokes aside, is there like more of a momentum towards? I mean, you got social media help push it, but for a while there, like equip started being like if you showed up to nationals, you want to do equip, you show up, you're champion. You're a national champion yeah. right now. Is it? Do do you think like it might start swinging because it went so heavy into the raw? Do you feel like it might swing back to equipped, or is it more of a European thing? I think if my like slice of the powerlifting world and what I see on a day-to-day -day basis is an indication. I think I think single fly will make a pretty hefty comeback. I don't know that it's ever going to be more popular than raw. I just no. don't think that it's as, as accessible or you know you need like a team to train, people to stuff you in your suits and shirts and whatever. Like it's it's definitely not for everybody. It hurts like hell too. Like nobody realizes. Uh, they're like, oh, okay, well, that must be like a slingshot, hey? And they put it on, they're like, holy shit, it's <laughs> like oh, man, like, why do you do this? They come out with yeah. bruising and, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I think, I think, yeah, I think we'll see a bit of uh, an equipped renaissance. No kidding. So those are your next goals, and are we looking World Games then in Alabama? Sweet home Maybe. Alabama? We'll, we'll see. We'll that's see a little what happens away. in the next two yeah. years, but uh, I would say long term, that's, that's where I've got my sights set, yeah. So who would be the uh, 105 Canadian top guy after you leave? And he's probably messaging you on a regular basis saying, equipment's the way to go, sir. <laughs> he's, to he's, he's like, he's uh, like let me, let me buy a ticket. On his way down. Um, who Taylor is? Taylor is, uh, is a contender, Paul Marshall. Um, there's, a, there's a bunch of guys, Austin Ryan. Uh, there's going to be some, some pretty, pretty damn competitive uh, 105s. I think the 105 classic category will only become more more entertaining and more uh, contested and more interesting in the next few years uh, in, in Canada. And when you come back, you're going to big, put a big announcement like, the king is back! Give me my crown! I'm here for my crown! Oh, oh that's really in my character. <laughs> just, just stir, stir some shit! Or is there that worry that when you do decide to come back, it's uh, the sports advance that much further? Well, you know what? I think that, I think that'd be really cool. I think that'd be cool to come back and, and like, you know, have a, have a whole bunch of guys that 
on any day, you know, any one of us could win kind of thing. That, like I said, that, that excites me. That's, that's yeah. what I'm here for. Armour Canadian Battle of the 105s. It's like, honestly, if ever a sport that's true, I feel like it's probably because we've, sw- like, in terms of um, talent pool, swollen so quickly, so fast, guys seem to be, and girls seem to be coming out of nowhere. And it's like, yeah. who the shit is this guy? Look at Russell Orhey. When we were doing yeah. Hack Gives 2016, talking about when you took the silver medal overall, um, we, I had no idea who Russell Orhey was. He wasn't even in mention. We were like, these two are going to battle out like Jordan versus Bird for years. Well, no. A new guy's going to come within well, two years, and here we fucking go again. Now you're already not talking about Russell. Now you're talking about Marcus. Uh, Mark, muscle Man Marcus. Yeah. And, like, uh, you're already, and Russell's still in it, but yeah. like, we have more guys. It's just you can't call powerlifting. Um, it's too, it's, it swells too big. Yeah. Um, and there was, uh, what's his name, the 105 Junior, uh, Rondell Hunt. I saw the 105 Juniors, but that guy outtold Bryce Lewis, so I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah, no, you're absolutely uh, right. So that's going to be, you know, that's going to be something to watch for sure. That guy is an incredible lifter. Let me tell you something about Rondell Hunt. And that, that, I did that with Tom Keane, the commentary, and we were like, who the shit is this guy? And he was like so <laughs> intriguing, loved it. We had him on the podcast, and he was talking about, I was like, so he, where's he from? He's from, uh, He's from Trinidad. Trinidad, yeah, Tobago. That's right. And I was like, how big is Trinidad Tobago? He's like, a couple million people. I was like, how big of a deal was it when you won the world championships? Because, like, I mean, Calgary's got all these sports franchises, and Toronto, U.S., forget about it. Powerlifting, they couldn't give a shit. They got so many sports. He goes, dude, I came home, hopped off the plane. Three different media teams were waiting for me at the fucking airport like he's Michael Jackson. Well, that's not quite Michael Jackson. You get what I'm saying? There was, like, they they had a fucking parade. In 10 years, if he runs for president, it's his. You know what I mean? It's crazy. So, yeah, it's, it's great to see things like that. And, um, and he's going to be jumping into the open already yep. as a junior, totaling, out-totaling the top guys, which, yep. I mean, shit, that's, if he's the future, the future's scary. You know, like you said, it's going to be entertaining to see. It, the sport, as I said, it's just advancing so much. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, yep. that's why I always keep my eyes on the juniors. Yep. But um, we had you on here for quite a bit, my man. I know you said you've got to leave around 3, so we're approaching now, well, 3 o'clock our time, 1 o'clock your time. So we're approaching yeah. now right now. Last question oh. I want to ask you. Uh, well, A, I'll let you thank anybody you want to thank. I've got one more thing that I'll add real quickly. You go ahead. Powerlifter, the documentary that you're wanting, that you're trying to get off. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it all quickly? I never heard uh, of it. So we have four days of voting. Voting's closed now, unfortunately. Um, but basically, we applied for this TELUS Story High grant, and it's for a like, 15, 20-minute documentary. Uh, they've done it for other film formats in the past. There were about 300 entries. There's going to be 15 grants given out by a panel of judges and 15 grants given out by voting. Um, so I guess I would take this opportunity to say thank you to everybody who voted. Uh, we had a ton of people share it around. We had a ton of positive comments. We had a ton of support. Uh, just like amazing, amazing feedback from the community. So uh, if we don't win, then, uh, you know, that's a bummer. But I think, that, I think that we could have a real shot at it just based on, on how... How responsive everybody was. I didn't know about this. Fuck me, I would have totally shared it on King of the Lifts. Uh, I should have shot you a message. That's okay. I also should have. Ah, shit, he's my <laughs> co-host, for God's sake. Ah, that's okay. Next time, by all means, I will totally uh, help you out. Um, and um, fuck me, well, have to, hopefully hopefully you do it. I mean, that's another thing. That, uh, if it does happen, I will 100% promote this documentary as well and help push it. Um, to so it'll, it'll happen either way. Uh, it'll just be a lot cooler if we win. 
about yeah. Claudius if you yeah. were Well, that's good. So I'll when do you find out do. about the uh, the results of the contest? I think September 7th is the tentative date that's set for the reveal. Um, and I, it's annoying because we didn't have any idea of the progress. We have no idea where we sit. We probably won't know. Mm. Like, we'll just know very binary. You either got it or you didn't. We won't know if we didn't, like, how far behind we were or how far ahead we were or anything like that. So it's, yeah. that's annoying, but we'll see. And, um, and before we leave, also, you can thank whoever you want to thank. And last question I always ask everybody, um, when all is said and done, and you look back on your powerlifting career, how would you like to be remembered? Oh boy. Uh, I like to be remembered as, as uh, somebody who hopefully did a lot for the community, uh, who hopefully had like a positive impact on a lot of lifters, uh, and as somebody who was a good lifter for a long period of time, and you know, hopefully I can stay competitive and be competitive, and you know, I might never be world champion, and I'm okay with that, but I want to be known as a good lifter, uh, you know, and uh, as somebody who hopefully, like I said, had a positive impact on, on a number of people. Well spoken, sir. Anybody yeah. you want to thank before we let you go? Um, obviously, I'll give a shout out to my sponsors, um, Strong Arm Sport, Titan Support Systems, and Canadian Protein. There you go. And thanks to you guys for having me on the, on the podcast, obviously. And thank you for thank coming you. on, sir. Love to have you back, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so congratulations on all your accomplishments, sir. Uh, good luck in training, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Okay, that sounds good. Thanks, guys. See you later, Bryce. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Yeah, right on the money, man. We're at like three o'clock. That was a fucking. Yeah. That was a big episode, but uh, it's a long episode. But that's uh, well, shit. That's an entertaining one. Yeah, that. Be, here's the thing. Some guys um, and girls, you have them on, and you know it's gonna be. Oh, we're just gonna have pretty much. I ask you, give the answer, and we'll just probably get into your training because man, not everyone's a storyteller, or not everyone's into talking about topics like. I bring up a topic, you might not have a lot to say. Yeah, I've seen that video. Yeah, that was fucked up. You shouldn't have done that to that kid. And yeah. it kind of stays there. Cool. Because, fine, not everyone, you know, I respect that. Our, our sport has so many different personalities. And I can, that's why I got you guys with me, so that if we got to do more talking, cool. Yep. No, I mean, and but this, clearly, he's got opinions, which I like. He's got opinions. He's a great lifter. He's a very outspoken gentleman. He's got a great YouTube channel, which is yeah. insanely informative. Mm. Videos are top quality. Yeah, you know what? We should plug that. It's it's called Calgary Barbell. Yeah, yeah. Calgary Barbell on YouTube. Yeah. Um, we didn't even get... So sometimes we get into... And it depends how the conversations go. Sometimes I like to get into um, people's training. What, what do your sets look like? What are some yeah. tips for a sumo deadlift? Probably someone could ask him. But when stories... Here's here's the way I look at it. When it comes to King of Lists, you could always hit up a YouTube video on how to sumo. Exactly. You could always do... That shit is so accessible and is done to... Death. And again, especially with somebody like Bryce, he's covered it in in-depth. Okay. He's not going to be... He's in, so many, in so many videos that are way better than we could ever manage to do on a podcast. Yeah, talk about. and so, he's going to be like, okay, great, let's talk about sumo pulls again. Yeah. Or he's like, all right, let's fucking do this again. Whereas, or let's talk about the time, like stories and shit. That's what I want to hear. When I'm walking around the fucking house, I'm listening to a podcast, I don't want you to tell me how to sumo dead. I'll pull that up when I'm specifically looking for that. Yeah. But on any given Sunday, I don't want for the 20th time in my life to hear about patient off the floor. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, yeah. not going to be sweet listening to a podcast sweeping my condo 
Yeah, trying yeah. to pull and trying to pull sumo with a broom all of a sudden. Exactly. Because I've heard some sort of cue like lats down and packed. Oh fuck! I never thought about that. Exactly. Or and if you want, yeah. if you're at a point in your life where you want that, you look for it. But every fucking week, we want listeners coming in here every week, and I hear the same shit. Hopefully, we actually can pull stories out of these gentlemen and gentle ladies. Yeah. Now, sometimes they're not big storytellers, or they're not into that, and that's okay. So if we start talking about the same old shit. It's the way she goes, and you get a little in-depth. Here's one good thing about that is, though, um, when you start asking those questions and, and you don't have a whole lot of stories, you get into those instead, you realize how different everybody is. No, there is no one. There's some people who get so uppity, being like, you should never do this. Well, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do this. And you should really ask your coach if you're doing that. Well, no, because everybody across the spectrum does so many different things. It's crazy. Exactly. Like so many world champions pull, squat, and train those motions so many different ways. It's fucking, you're never going to, it's never going to be black and white. And some people want to talk about things in black and white. But anyways, enough of griping. I'm going to start ranting soon. But uh, yeah, that was good. I'm glad we got into it, the Titan SPD situation, cleared some things up. I mean, yeah, and it's great to talk about it. It's yeah. great to finally get the whole backstory about it yeah. and hear it from somebody who's directly involved in it. Yeah, and I like to, uh, Benjamin Banks, who, for a fucking businessman, you get no better than a name than Benjamin Banks. It's that's fucking money. Yeah, Literally, the guy's last name is Banks. His first name is Benjamin. If I was going to invest in a business or in a single person who is pitching a business, yeah, and he came in with that name, Benjamin Banks. Yeah, you're just yeah. writing a you're writing a check. It's like you it's, you're going to write the fucking check. It's like you just made him up. If I'm making a comic book and look, would you be the wealthy guy's name? And someone goes Benjamin. It's like, like all about the Benjamins and last name Banks. It'd be like that's too fucking much. It's too much. It's too on the nose. Benjamin Banks. We get it. Whereas fucking... Uh, so anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, But I do like that he said. Benjamin Banks, who's a CEO, actually contacted him and said, let's talk. That's what you want, yeah. man. As opposed to, I'm a fucking strong arm and you can shut you up. But um, but anyways, it was, a, it was a good podcast. We talked about that. And obviously the fucking... Uh, what was it? BuzzFit Montreal and all that bullshit that hit the fan. But uh, I hope you guys liked it and enjoyed the show. Um, I believe our next guest is going to be none other than IFBB Pro, former world champion powerlifter and CEO of the Vertical Diet, none other than Stan Everton. The Rhino. The fucking Rhino himself, who has been on a tear. I swear to God, the last like four or five people we had on here all bring up the Vertical Diet on their own. We yeah. talk, ask about nutrition and they say Vertical Diet. So it's almost a no-brainer. All right, enough. Let's bring him on and talk about the vertical diet as well as the guy's been in the man. He's an IFBB pro and been powerlifting, and I mean he's he's real in the game. He's not just a diet guru. Oh no, but, he's uh, yeah, he's a legend in the game. He's a legend in the game, and he's got some stories. He was in the contest, uh, world's strongest bodybuilder the whole night. Like I love it. Yep. Um, but uh, so, anyways, you do not want to miss that episode. You don't want to miss any of these episodes. So make sure you subscribe, share it. We need this thing to keep growing. Uh, you know, like support. Other people in the community trying to grow this bad boy. So share this. I love it when you guys share in your stories. We're going to take screenshots and, and post them up on our story as well. Like it and uh, we'll keep it moving. From Six Pack Lap at And Paul Moranzan, a.k.a. Paul Moranzan Lifts. See you next time.